You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more. She seems just fine to me. No more. She should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you joined us tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what a do man. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, Princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump celebrated the 4th of July on the South Lawn of the White House with an air show, fireworks, and stark remarks that mix patriotic themes with attacks on his political rivals. NPR's Tamara Keith reports this was not a typical Independence Day address. President Trump praised America's founders and members of the military, but quickly turned to go after those he said are trying to erase, quote, our heritage. Although Trump called for unity, the speech was dominated by themes of division. Tamara Keith, NPR News, the White House. President Trump criticized protesters who've been tearing down statues in the name of racial justice. The latest historical statue came down in Baltimore last night. NPR's Amy Held reports protesters removed a statue of Christopher Columbus and threw it in a river. Using ropes, demonstrators yanked down the statue, dragging and dropping it into Baltimore's inner harbor. A spokesman for the city's Democratic mayor says it's part of an ongoing national narrative that such monuments may represent different things to different people. Columbus killed, kidnapped, and enslaved indigenous people. And in Waterbury, Connecticut, an Italian-American group is offering a reward for information leading to the arrest of those who removed the head of a Columbus statue at City Hall. 
In his 4th of July address, President Trump described an angry mob going against the, quote, American way of life, which began in 1492 when Columbus discovered America. Amy Held, NPR News. Violent demonstrations in Portland, Oregon overnight have led police to declare a riot in the city's downtown. And in Seattle, one of two people hit by a car while demonstrating on Interstate Highway has died. A hospital spokeswoman says the other remains in serious condition. Demonstrations around the country this weekend included vigils and marches in Texas to remember Specialist Vanessa Guillen, the Army soldier who went missing from Fort Hood and presumed killed by a fellow soldier. Texas Public Radio's Jolene Amadeus reports. family says the man who killed her was sexually harassing her and she was too scared of repercussions to report him. The U.S. Army maintains there's no proof that happened. At a vigil in March in San Antonio, though, military veterans spoke up. This is former Army Sergeant Rachel Tucker. Harassment is rampant. The first thought when you report it to somebody in command is like, what What did you do to, to make this happen? You must have done something. And so um, it's always like a blame the victim kind of thing. She and others called for harassment and sex crimes to be taken out of the chain of command and for an outside agency to investigate allegations. I'm Jolene Almendares in San Antonio. And this is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. In Mississippi, historic moves this weekend to change the state flag, the last with a Confederate battle emblem. History will record when American politics returned from its pandemic pause, it did so in Tulsa. President Trump, the headliner. The crowd, large by conventional standards, was nevertheless much smaller than the president's norm and the advance billing. Social distancing and masks, like the virus itself, were treated casually. The president said little about racial tensions, policing, or reconciliation. He did defend, quote, that beautiful heritage of ours. There is new outrage tonight in Aurora, Colorado. Three people, three police officers there have now been fired, and a fourth has resigned after they posed for photos mocking a deadly chokehold maneuver on a black man. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. With Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much and good morning. These are the topics that we'll be discussing today, July 5th, here on the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. <laughs> Change going to come, oh yes it is. The Mississippi flag has been retired after years of debate by some of its residents. Was this truly a good act of faith? Should I say an act of good faith, or was there another reason why this happened? We'll talk about President Jim Jones. President Jones, I mean uh, President Trump, held two campaign rallies in the days despite warnings from his own Corona Task Force. Should the blame be placed on the president, or is it high time that we blame these idiots that continue to follow him? Despicable three officers were fired and one resigned after a photo surfaced of the officers mocking the choke 
reenacting the chokehold that was placed on Elijah McClain at his memorial. Out of all places, the very site the young man was killed. You still think counts are the good guys. You know, we'll talk about that as well. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. First up, she's my big sis. Just doing what people do when they're retired. Just all over the country, engaging in Trump fans and, you know, Biden fans. You watch CNN and MSNBC, so you don't have to. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. I hope y'all had a fantastic weekend. I am two of the black people out here among 225 in the middle of Trump country, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> I bet you you are. Do what you do, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Trump. Oh, my goodness. This guy is crazy. Thank yeah, you so I much have. for they being got here. Flag Trump, oh, my God. Oof, I don't know how you do it. I'd go stir crazy, but whatever. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. All right. The lady who has the smoothest voice in radio, once again, if you need help with, you know, I don't know, if you need some legal help, you need some spiritual help, you need to be, you know, healed physically, or if you just need to talk to someone that can really come through and give you some sound advice, she's the one. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Oh, she's having some audio issues. We can hear her, but we can't. So hopefully we'll get that squirt away. Hopefully she'll get her back in here. All right, so she's here. Uh, we'll get it fixed. All right, the next man who was uh, who's he started off as the official text of the show, but now he is a prominent voice here on the serious side. Sent out a hell of a text uh, yesterday, and hopefully during the show he will have an opportunity to read what he sent to us, unless he wants to keep it private. But let me bring in the man who I call the educator brother, the one and only Mr. Johnny D at the place to be. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning, big brother. Uh, I am certainly elated to to be here today, and um, I'm certainly looking forward to the show. Uh, Miss Vanessa, Dr. Williams, Les, Jerome, uh, looking forward to, to hearing your dialogue and discussion. Uh, as usual, it is a, a hot week in the news and, and controversy and, and turmoil. In, in the American cities within the streets. So uh, thank you for all that allow us an opportunity every week to come into their homes and inform them of, of either our personal opinions or just facts and information that they may not know. So I'll, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hate that I didn't get a chance to, to hear Dr. Williams in her eloquent, her eloquent voice, uh, but uh, hopefully that audience will get taken care of. Absolutely. Just a soothing, soothing source on a Sunday morning. Thank you, man, and you as well. Appreciate you. Love you to death. And the man who really runs everything around here, the real boss, the man who gets the first and last word here on this serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the F. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Hawk. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning. Good morning, morning. Good morning Kathleen. Good morning. 
The number is 347 1272 Our colleague, Mr. Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down. Happy belated 4th of July to those who are out there. And interesting when I say happy 4th, I was hesitant to do that. I had an encounter with my daughters yesterday. And during this week's edition of Informant, it's less something that you need to know. You'll understand why there's a little bit of a hesitancy to say happy 4th of July to this nation. But anyway, once again, the world-famous chat room is wide open. You can check us out on all the social media platforms that we monitor throughout the show. Sit back and relax. We have a lot to talk about this morning. And, you know, once again, like Johnny D says, every Sunday we appreciate you allowing us to be a part of what you do on a Sunday morning. We're becoming a routine in a lot of households. We appreciate that. We thank you. We give you our opinion. We give you the facts. And it's up to you to make the right decision. Don't follow Jim Jones and don't drink the grape Kool-Aid. That's all I ask that you do. Be smart about it, because this guy don't give a damn about you or your family. And uh, we'll talk about that this morning. All right, time to get into it. Here's the first topic of the morning. After weeks of debate and activism. It's time to adopt a new state flag. Mississippi accomplished on Sunday what many felt was impossible. Go to 36 to 14, it passes. This weekend, Mississippi lawmakers cleared the way to shed the current flag and create a new one. But the new design will follow two rules. It can't display the Confederate battle emblem, and it must include in God we trust. The flag is a unifying banner that all people unite under. Ours has not served that purpose. Voters will pick the new design in the November election. It will then go on the ballot in November. The people will pick their flag. The people will pick their flag. So, and if it's uh, rejected by the people, they'll come back and we'll do it again. It was a narrowly won victory. Opponents said Mississippians, not politicians, should be the ones to make the choice. I want the people to have that choice. I'm not going to steal their joy. The bill now heads to the desk of Mississippi Governor Kate Reeves, who promised he would sign it into law. All right, so now, the state flag in Mississippi has been officially retired, something that a lot of people didn't think they would ever, ever see in their lifetime. Now, this is the last flag that's that has the uh, Confederate flag emblem within the flag that's been retired. It took them this long, but Mississippi, like I said, the change is going to come. Mr. Elias, man, for all the people who have suffered and died in that state, where, matter of fact, I think I read something the other day that says that Mississippi is a state that has the most African-Americans. Either the Mississippi or Alabama, I'm not really sure. But, Mr. Elias, what does it mean to see this flag retired permanently and now it looks like we're moving towards a more perfect union. Your thoughts, please. Well, you know, Jay, it, it should have never been up in the first place. Let's call it what it is. This Confederate flag was put out in the, in the late 40s, early 50s by the Dixie Cracks. Uh, 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 I'm trying to remember the guy's name right now. Uh, but he was, I mean, he was a North Carolina senator. And they, I mean, this, this is not the original Confederate flag. And why are we putting up a flag of people who fought against the United States of America? Why are we honoring that? Why are we honoring these clowns that, with, with like Fort Hood and the rest of them, with, with all these people that fought against the United States of America? It should have been gone a long time ago. For all these people that are really patriots and claim that they love the United States of America, all these people like Robert E. Lee and the rest of them, 
fought against the United States of America. Fought against, they came against that. These these people were, were traitors. So we're, 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 we're happy about it. Don't get me wrong. But the bottom line is this, this should have never came, it should have never uh, been up. It should have never, these, these flags, the statues, and the rest of that stuff, the, the, the army base names after these cowards who fought against the United States of America, this stuff should have never happened. And, and, and you'll get people like Trump who say, well, it's our history. Well, you can still read it in the history book. That mean you don't have to honor them. Read it in the history book. That, that's, that's, where, that's where he's wrong at, and that's where, that's where you got him at because he's not going to read a book. He barely reads the briefings that he got every day. So the bottom line is it should have been done a long time ago. I applaud him for what they did. You know, I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. But the bottom line is you got people still going to fight that Confederate flag. And, they, well, the, the, the new Confederate flag, which, which stood for racism, which, which, which they got upset because they, got, they, they, they ended hanging in the 50s, and the, the, the late 40s, early 50s. That they were ended up hanging over black people, so they all loved it. So they they were upset about it. Just call it what it is, man. It's just it's ridiculous. You know, Vanessa, I'm curious to hear what your Trump supporters and your Trump your new Trump buddies at wherever you are uh, were they have they had any conversations about this? What's the uh, temperament or what's the thought? Take give me the temperature of those people on the ground that. Uh, who may be following this whole situation with the uh, Mississippi flag coming down and being changed uh, this November? Sorry, Jay. I promise we have. There she is. Okay. Yes, Vanessa. I'm sorry. You know, I just when when that came down, I was in awe. I was like, oh my goodness, this is a major really? change. I was shocked. I was shocked that they were going to bring that flag. You come out the Mississippi flag where all the dead bodies with the chains and the chuckles are in the water. Oh, uh-uh. You know, we down here in the South, Jay, so you know we know all the dead bodies are in the water. So, yeah, I was shocked. And I, for me, think that that was a uh, proud moment for the movement that is going on right now for change is to have that flag down. And I can kind of tell the difference, y'all, because I am out here in the midst and been out here since Tuesday, and I, who normally see Confederate flags, have not seen one Confederate flag. But what I have been seeing is Donald Trump flag. So I guess they're going to replace the Confederate flag for, with Donald Trump flag. But I'm shocked, and I'm pleased, and I'm glad they took that flag down in Mississippi. I just hope that it's just not the flag. It's the attitude of the people as well. Interesting. I like that point. I like that twist you put on the end of it. Let me swing to you, Kathleen. Are you just as shocked as uh, Vanessa, or do you have a different uh, – are you looking at this thing differently through your lens? What say you? No, I um, – I – I, you know what I'm shocked about? I, you know, I think it was Mr. Elias. I'm shocked that it hadn't been done before now. Um, really? I was listening. Yeah. I'm shocked. This not is that Mississippi now, Kathy. Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a okay. northerner, but still, I yeah. think that in 2020, by now, 
those things should have come down. And it's not like we didn't argue for it to happen before now. You know, um, I really think that, again, we're going to have to follow the, uh, you know, follow the dollars and follow the concept that's behind all of this with the legislators that are that are also advocating for it to come down you know and I, I think it, in a very strange way we have to okay the scriptures say all things work together for good for the for good for those who are called according to his purpose right all things work yes. together and so we're looking at this coronavirus and I'm telling yep. you, with George Floyd happening during the pandemic, with everybody being forced to look at that man with his knee on George Floyd's neck, and then look at Brianna and look at Ahmad and look at all these others, finally, people are, non-black people are looking and paying attention to the point where this thing has taken over throughout the world. And so now America had to be embarrassed into taking down these uh, Confederate flags and statues and so forth, had to be embarrassed into it. And, you know, when we hear that a lot of these statues, yeah, because the rest of the world is watching and the people are like, wait a minute, in France and Germany, they're like, what? What, They're they're celebrating what? Traitors to the Union? We're like, what is this? Um, it's, It's time. And it's been, it's past time. And there's no reason why there should not have been a move for this a long, long time ago, because it's not like black people haven't been screaming for it to happen. So um, I, I'm listening to Elias and saying, you know, yes, we're happy, but it, it, it took you long enough. And it's not just about taking down the statue. Don't take out, don't take out the, take down the statue and take down the flag, but leave up the racism in your heart and leave up, you know, all white people in these top positions and all of these corporations and companies and so forth that are not willing to open up their companies to African Americans and Latinos and other, you know, black and brown people. We got to have a change happen here. Interesting. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two twenty two minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side. Johnny, let me swing around to you because as you heard in my lead, in the lead of the show, you heard say you heard me say, was this truly an act of good faith? Was there something or another reason why this happened? And, you know, I'm coming to you from a, for a couple of reasons. I definitely want to get your your take on this. But, you know, there's a sports twist to this as well. Because what we're hearing is that a major football star, a guy by the name of Kylan Hill, threatened to leave the team unless Mississippi changed its flag. It removed the Confederate battle flag from its official state flag. So, yeah, we're hearing that the governor is, oh, we need to, you know, there's a time for a change and we're going into a new era. But we also know that there was some, there was definitely some pressure put on them by, you know, uh, I think the SEC. I mean, I think there were, I think, I think I'm hearing that there was pressure from a sports perspective. And we know how people in Alabama and Mississippi feel about football. You can't mess with our football. So now, you tell me, what do you think? Do you think that there was some other influences that kind of pushed us over the finish line? Because they've been fighting this battle for the longest. 
Well, one thing that we all know in, in America, the, the the root to all is economics. So that's going to always play a a motivating factor. But I will take the progress as it has been presented. When you look at those individuals who are, you know, in those universities and companies and, you know, sports teams and, you know, uh, governors and, and, and mayors and senators, all who are now taking steps to at least atone and, and reconcile for Americans, uh, for America's shameful history when it comes to race, uh, I, I will applaud those efforts, uh, even though they may be disingenuous in some aspects. The reality of it is, is that uh, it is is change. Um, Jay, I want to make sure that, that we confirm what you said earlier. By percentage, um, when it comes to statehood, Mississippi has the highest percentage of, of African-Americans uh, within the state, uh, nearly 38%. Uh, of course, Thank D.C. You, Thank you. Is, is not a state, but um, they're moving towards that, and I certainly hope they become the 51st uh, state within this union. But I, I, I also read about a young athlete and that one individual won't change the dynamics of the racism in Mississippi but certainly when you look at 38% of the population being African American in Mississippi and the Alabamas and the Louisianas and these southern states being the core root of, of, of racism um, and, to, and to do it under the watch of a Republican governor uh, as some other states have done just shows that there is is progress. You know, uh, years ago, um, I, I remember listening to a, a theologian that I, I, I've been uh, listening to and and following and studying since 1986, and he had indicated that this generation is the greatest generation of all. And of course, when you look at what I believe was going to take place. Back on November the 4th of 2008 Where you would see uh, Young people of, of many Many races and, and Dynamics, uh, educational Levels, socioeconomic levels Coming together to change the course Of Americans so that our children And our grandchildren would not Have to deal with the conformity That our generation did Certainly our parents and grandparents And great grandparents they dealt with the segregation and racism, the, de- the degradation uh, that was tra- that was imposed upon them for being for being black in America. And then along came our generation, and we just kind of conformed to to what our parents saw as you know the American dream. And then we birthed a generation of individuals who didn't think like us and don't want to be us. And now you see those things coming to fruition. And I just hope that it's not diminished in regards to trying to 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 impose too much at one given time. But I, I will receive the change. And certainly I, I always believe that the motivation in America is, is economics. You know, I, I, I was speaking to my, 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 my brother and my brother-in-law recently and we, and we sat down on Father's Day and, and I remember uttering the words to them. I said, you know, in, in America, you know, white people or Caucasian people, they, they may hate you because they, that you're black, but you get mistreated because you're poor. 
and we see that oftentimes where if if your if your socioeconomic status raises to a certain level, I'm not going to say that you get carte blanche privilege, but there's a certain degree of respect and responsibility that you get based on your socioeconomical level. And I just hope yep. that we understand that the root to all of it is economics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I applaud the governor of Mississippi. I applaud those individuals who are now taking down monuments and changing names of university dormitories and, and, and yep. institutions. And mm-hmm. we, we have to receive that. As, as a step of progress. So, again, I, I applaud them yeah. all. But economic okay. is the root to it all. It's interesting you say that. Uh, you know, Vanessa, uh, real quick before we get out of here, uh, you, you think about, you know, we have this debate all the time between Michael Jordan and, and, and LeBron James and all this stuff. But the one thing I will say, you know, look, I'll never give LeBron James the greatest basketball player of all time, but I would definitely give him the greatest. I would say he had the, he had the greatest impact for me. And him and Muhammad Ali, from a sports perspective, you know, we can go back and say Jackie Robinson and all these other different folks. But I think what LeBron James is doing, you know, his social awareness, the fact that he is a mega star now, and he continues to be out front on some of these things. But I applaud this brother. And I applaud this young guy that's, you know, this young cat, uh, this young running back that played for Mississippi or that, that refused to play for the university because he's saying, look, it's time to stand up. And I think some of that is LeBron James. I was always, I was always intrigued and thought, my goodness, why can't Step up to the plate and say, "Look, I'm not going to play for this university because you're, you know, you're bearing this Confederate flag." But you know, kudos to this young man. I'm going to give you the last word on this segment. Uh, you know, I I just think that some changes, guys, in the industry of sports, as well as like some of. Have y'all heard that some of the like baseball fans and stuff are like? If we get too many coronavirus people on here, I'm not going to be playing because I have to go home to my family. I mean, some of them are like, y'all can play, but I'm not going to play. Then you got some that's saying, okay, with the Confederate thing that's going on, if y'all not going to change stuff, then I'm not going to play. Kudos to everybody who is stepping up to the plate, be it for the C-19 thing they're not going to play, or be it for what is going on with this country with the Confederate. But let, before Jay uh, cuts this off, I have to give some kudos to some Republicans. I do, because last night our air conditioner fuse went out, and we were fixing to be like, oh, my God, it's 4th of July, and it's 9 o'clock at night. And these ladies came over here and said, would y'all like to come and sit with us? And I was like, no, but thank you. And so do you know that those people went down the aisle to their friends and got us a fuse for the refrigerator? So I just want to say that they know that it's not the two sets of, well, I don't know if they know it, but I know it's two sets of black people out here, and that's it. And so to be sitting around Donald Trump people is funny to me, always is. But they went out of their way last night. And I don't know if they would have done that if this movement wasn't going on. They went out of their way to go and ask other friends if they had a fuse that would fit our refrigerator. So let me say, I feel a change coming. I do, because they went out of their way for us. And they have to do that. So, and they are Donald Trump people. I promise you that. 
Well, you know, we talk about it every week that there are people out here that, I mean, I know folks who are genuinely good people, but they support this press. But, you know, it is what it is. All right, four seven eight five zero one seven seven two. bottom of the hour. All right, uh, listen, before, at the intro, I talked about how I spent the 4th of July with my kids. And, you know, I was hesitant to say happy 4th. And, you know, Nate said some things which I thought was pretty cool. So in this week's edition of it, Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. Let's listen to why African Americans are conflicted when it comes to the 4th of July. The smartest man in the world is in the house. We'll hear from him next set. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. If you're black and you're patriotic, how do you reconcile experiences of systemic racism and discrimination with pride in your country? Patriotism for me is loaded. I'm a proud American. I stand for the national anthem. Always have. Um, One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And then you grow up and you realize, oh, it never has meant for all. I'm proud to be an American. I'm not always proud of what America does. I love this country because it's my home. And love means holding it accountable. All the protests, all the activism, I think that's patriotic. The voices you just heard were Brandon Hampton in Atlanta, Kathy Watson in Annapolis, Maryland, Trevor Smith in New York, Monica Moore in Chicago, and Jonathan Horton in Pasadena, California. They were among the more than a dozen black people from different backgrounds who we asked about this topic. If anywhere you you find just how heterogeneous black Americans are, it's around this question of patriotism. Sarah Jasmine Griffin is the chair of the African American and African Diaspora Studies Department at Columbia University in New York. You have African Americans who are definitely patriotic, but not uncritically so. And then you have others who find a problem with the very notion of patriotism. And I think that that's always been an ongoing and consistent tension. Armand Bragg is 75 and was active in the civil rights movement in Birmingham, Alabama. He sees little reason for black people to celebrate on July 4th. I think a lot of the young people are going to wear black on the 4th of July. They're not going to wear the red, white, and blue. As he's watched protests sparked by police brutality and racism spread across the country, he wonders how much has changed since the 1960s. You know, there's not a better song to listen to than the National Anthem. It can at times give you goosebumps. But knowing what's happening in the country, we don't have these patriotic desires as we used to have, even when we were dealing with segregation. Timothy Berry says that one of the reasons he went to the military academy West Point was because of patriotism. Barry was West Point's class president in 2013. He says that for him, patriotism is not a performance act. I have always had a profound appreciation for what this country has said its ideals are, but being a black American, being one like particularly one that served in uniform, I quickly realized that there was just a lot of contradictions um, in that, and I felt that it was not just like an obligation to like, serve in, like, in the capacity that I could, but also just to hold the country accountable for some of the shortcomings. Over the last few years, Rebecca Brevard started questioning some of the things she learned growing up in a biracial family about what it meant to love your country. Patriotism growing up in my family was a really big thing. Military background, 
serving your country was really important and the sacrifices that soldiers made was really emphasized. And then on the other hand, we would talk about like the civil rights movement, but the two never combined. One thing that came up repeatedly, including in our conversation with Brandon Hampton, was the idea of family. When you love something, you demand better from them. That's good parenting. You know, if you love your child, you don't look at everything your child does and say, oh, that's great. At some point, you are going to have to teach them a lesson or instill a value in them that they haven't been expressing that you think that they should have as an adult. You have to correct that behavior. And I think if you love the country, you find a way to correct the behavior. And as Armin Bragg in Birmingham put it, one way to change the behavior is to call it out visibly and publicly. I'm from the school of Colin Kaepernick, and I believe in kneeling on one knee to protest what's going on in this country. Many people, including the Reverend Franz Whitfield in Waterloo, Iowa, describe the challenge of feeling attachment to an imperfect country, where progress has been both halting and uneven. As a black man, I really don't take pride in the independence of a country where I feel in the year 2020, uh, I have to talk about police reform. I celebrate the history of my culture, my ancestors who sacrificed so much for me to have a somewhat comfortable life. Instead of celebrating July 4th, Whitfield is thinking about July 5th, the day in 1852 when Frederick Douglass delivered a speech in which he said, This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. Juana Summers, NPR News. Again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's uh, thirty seven minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio at its best. Uh, once again, the number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Glad you guys are here. It is July fifth, and like Frederick Douglass said, yesterday belonged to y'all. You know, this is the day we're going to celebrate. All right, let's get to our second topic of the morning. Downtown Tulsa is getting back to normal after President Trump's whirlwind visit. The commander-in-chief tried to turn into the campaigner-in-chief, but the crowd for this rally was noticeably smaller. The president chose Tulsa, Oklahoma for his first campaign rally since early March, when the pandemic halted campaigning and the country. Mr. Trump revved up the crowd with attacks on the media and Democratic rival Joe Biden. Joe Biden's record can be summed up as four decades of betrayal, calamity, and failure. The Oklahoma rally happened during a surge in coronavirus cases in the Sooner State. The president raised a few eyebrows by suggesting that the only reason the numbers are on the rise is because of increased testing, which officials say is vital to discovering and tracking the virus. So I said to my people, slow the testing down, please. In this red state, lots of empty blue seats inside the building. Trump campaign manager Brad Parscale boasted online about receiving one million requests for tickets for the event. But during the speech, the upper deck was largely empty. Capacity at the BOK Center is just over 19,000. And the Tulsa Fire Department said just under 6,200 attended. The Trump campaign blamed protesters for blocking an entrance 
and scaring Trump supporters away. The crowd inside heard the president link the virus to a racist trope. Tongue flu. The president also vowed to stand against the movement trying to remove statues of Confederate leaders and one-time slave owners. They want to demolish our heritage so they can impose their new oppressive regime in its place. After the speech, there were minor skirmishes outside, but the heavy police and National Guard presence kept things relatively peaceful. The president's speech lasted just under an hour and 45 minutes. He now heads to Arizona this week, where 3,000 people are expected to hear him speak. You know, every time I hear this man speak, I can't understand how people continue to follow this guy. Like I said, President Jim Jones, there are people out there who are just ridiculous. And they've turned this wearing a face mask into a political issue. So let me start the conversation off with the smartest man in the world who has joined us, the one and only Mr. Jerome is free from his free radio.net, and the man who brings us on a need-to-know basis on a weekly basis. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing outstanding. Let me ask you a question, man. In the last in the last thirty days or so, this guy has held two campaign rallies, right? And despite warnings from his own Corona Task Force, he continues to do this. Uh, is it about time for us to start pointing fingers at these idiots who attend these rallies versus the president himself? Because someone can tell you behind to jump off a ledge. But if you're behind, jump off a ledge. Do we charge the person who told you to jump for, 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 to, for you know, charge him for murder, or do we just say, hey, you know what, you're an idiot. You you shouldn't do what people tell you to do, despite the facts. Man, what the hell are what's what's wrong with these people, Jerome? Why do we have people that walk around in this society and they can't see that this guy is a fraud with a capital F? Let's see you, man. Well, you know, it it plays to the bigger the bigger picture, right? Like we sometimes wanna believe that everybody has an equal grasp on what reality is. So when we start talking about, you know, taking down monuments and getting rid of Aunt Jemima image on the on the you know, syrup bottle and all these other product placement Uncle Ben's, we don't realize that it becomes pathology in people. And some of those people we believe, even in that lie, as it's going down in flames. Those lies are going down in flames. We are, you know, definitely in a um, in a moment in this country that has never been in. Because even, you know, white folks are acknowledging everything that they learned, you know, is lies. Right? And so you're watching this stuff play out. And there are people who are going to hold on for dear life. And they are really fighting against it because I'm not saying that they were programmed to be that way. I'm just saying it's a part of who they are. It's a part of their pathology. It's a part of their belief system. So how do you undo that? And so it's a a tough task to do, but it's going to be painful and people are going to be uncomfortable. But that's not our, you know, I've always said this, that is not our responsibility. We are not here to provide cycle. Um, psychoanalysts for white folks. Black people have played that role for way too long. That's why during slavery and even after that, during segregation, we've always extremely nice to them for as foul as they've been to people on this planet. 
We used to still use their nose though because we knew that their pathology wouldn't allow them to accept anything. So we tried to just make it through the day. It was like, okay, yeah, thank you, ma'am. You know, blah, blah, blah. Just to shut you up. Oh, you know what? Now is not the time to shut you up. Technically deal with it. So when you look at those folks who are supporting Trump and knowing that he's getting more racist and showing a lot more hatred, like he is actually going full-blown. And we're watching this stuff on TV. And the more disturbing thing to see is that, um, you know, the more disturbing thing to me is that there are black people in the audience. That's probably more disturbing, but beyond that, I can't help them. Mm. Wow. It's crazy. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Hopefully we can. Sounds like we have some audio issues with uh, Jerome. We heard what you're saying, but it's coming in uh, intermittently. So maybe we can get that fixed uh, during the course of this uh, segment. Let me, let me swing around to you, Kathleen. Um, you know, once again, wh- when do we stop saying that the president is irresponsible when you have people who you would like to think who are of sound mind and judgment continue to follow this man to the ends of the earth. I mean, you know, we tell people to put seatbelts on, people do it, you know. But we tell people you have to go and do certain things for for health reasons, they go do it. But it's like this man is saying, hey, you are a punk if you don't wear a mask. You are a Democrat if you don't wear a mask. And these people are risking not only themselves and their immediate family members, but folks like us who are doing the right thing, you know, you can speak to this because you had coronavirus. I mean, what is up? Is it about time for us to call these people who they are and what they are, which are stone-cold followers and idiots? What say you? Well, you, initially you started out, I think, by saying, what are we saying about, um, what are you saying? Level-minded, level-headed people or something like that? <laughs> of sound mind and judgment. Sound minded people. And I was like, really? Are they really, though? Are they? Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how I, I feel about it. Because remember, we're dealing with um, a group of people who basically buy into lock, stock, and barrel whatever this gentleman says. You know, you were calling him Jim Jones president at the start of the show. And and basically that's what he has as his following. So they are going to follow whatever he says. They believe whatever he says. So if he says that the coronavirus is fake, um, this is all fake news, this is all nonsense, and you don't have to listen, and we need to open the place back up, we need to open the city back up, and this is a problem. They're going to listen to him and do what he says. So, and, and to me, that's not upset. That's not a person who's of sound mind. That's just to me. That's somebody who is a member of a cult and basically following this cult leader all the way to the ends of the earth. They are drinking the grape juice, and many of them don't even know why. Wow, that's that's strong. I mean, I didn't think about using the C word, but, you know, hey, I mean, listen, I think it's appropriate. Mr. Elias, you know, is it the fact that they're a cult, or is it the fact that these are people who are racist and who have been, you know, once again, the underbelly of America, 
Now, all of a sudden, they have someone who's giving them cover, who's allowing them to say the things that's been in their heart the whole time. The fact that they don't like to see systemic, uh, systemic change. They are people who want us to, they long for the old days where they can go out and just beat up African Americans, you know, because they're out of place. They long for those days. White power, you heard the retiree yell at some at a protester, uh, a video that the president posted on his Twitter page. Then all of a sudden he lied and said, oh, well, well, I didn't watch the whole thing, where the guy said white power within eight seconds. I don't know anyone who watches a two-minute video and stops watching after seven seconds, but, you know, you can believe what you want. But at the end of the day, are these people racist versus just someone who believes in a cause and believes that this guy is a good president? Uh, there's no way that you you can't say that he isn't racist, Jay. I, I mean, there's no way you can't say these people aren't. Because if you if you follow a racist and you believe in his his his, past, his ideologies, then guess what you are? You're racist. You know. And, and some of the black folks that are following him, they hate their own skin. They hate they they hate their skin. Army Kane. He went to that Oklahoma rally, and guess what he's got right now. He got the Rona. <laughs> so, you know. You should laugh. Let me Come on, man. You shouldn't hey, laugh hey, at it. Come on, man. Why not? Why not? If you stupid okay. enough to do something that damn dumb, I'm going to laugh. You knew damn well that the Rona was out there. You knew it was high cases of it. And your dumb ass went in the midst of it. Yes, I'm going right. to laugh. And you didn't have on the mask. You didn't social distance. You're out there dancing with all the other people, all the other coons out there, and you think I'm going to start laugh? Hell, hell if I ain't. I'm sorry. Hell, I'm doing everything to practice social distancing. I'm putting on masks. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. And you go out there like, nah, I ain't going to do nothing. Well, he, his ass has got it now. Guess what? Alrighty, then. Not, not a problem. Well. I could see if he... I would feel bad if that man got out there and he had on masks and he was social distancing and whatever, but he was right in the midst of them and it was it was five or six of them coons out there dancing together. Mm. So, well, no. Mr. Elias is in rare form as always. Thank you, Mr. Elias, for the dialogue and uh, thank you so much. Wow, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is Tim for the top of the hour. Uh, let me swing around to you, uh, Vanessa. You know. We talk about these people being followers of Trump, but, you know, you just told a story about a situation where these people went out of their way to try to help you with a situation you were having with, I'm going to assume, your RV. So, I mean, can we sit here and say everyone that follows Trump, they're racist, or are there people just saying, look, I'm doing what Mr. LAS tells me to do every uh, Sunday, you know, vote. Vote. I'm trying to. I'm vote for what what's good for me. I mean, I'm rich. I have money. This guy's going to help me, so I'm going to vote for you know my pocketbook, not my heart. What say you? Well, some of them don't have money. Or, or, or let me say, <laughs> remember list a couple that I read into that I really like. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, their, their financial aware uh, deal is pretty close to mine and Bobby's if me and Bobby don't have a little bit more than them. So, you know, I'm not going to say that these people got money because a lot of them I see, I hate to say the word, it's just horrible. They just look like frame apart. Let me just leave it like that. And so I'm not going to say these folks got money. I am going to say that I have been gone since last Tuesday. Since last Tuesday. And I have not seen anybody wear a mask. Now, one of these white people out here have had on a mask. And even though everybody's social distancing, 
the people that are, are next to each other, they're not wearing masks. They're all over here at the swimming pool. My slot is right next to them. I ain't seen not a person with a mask. When Bobby went over there last night to get that fuse, and Bobby had on a mask, they told Bobby, oh, no, we're cool. You don't need to wear that. Bobby said, oh, no, my wife has asthma. I got to keep this mask on. So they didn't have on no mask, and they all over there talking and chit-chatting and drinking beer. Don't want my husband to come over there and not have a mask. So people coming next door to your campsite and walk up to you, and they're like, hey, my name is such and such. I'm from such and such. Ain't got on now mask. But guess what, Vanessa? Guess what Vanessa has done? Vanessa has a mask on a Kathleen. I took some eyeglass holders and I have a mask on it, baby. And when I'm not wearing it, it goes off in my blouse. So when people start talking to me, I mask up. I mask I love up. It. These Donald Trump people are not wearing a mask. I am I'm telling you I've been going since Tuesday. I ain't seen nobody with a mask on. Nobody. Oh. They're following him to hell and back. Yeah. With these flashbacks, with that flashback, Bobby, Donald Trump, 2020, no BS. I can't say that on TV, on radio, Bobby. But it says no BS. That's what that flag says. And these other folks, they got flags up. And, but you know, you know these folk Republicans. But you know what? I'm right out here with you. So what y'all gonna do to me? <laughs> I'm always out here. They all know me. Like I ain't worried about them. But I'm telling you, they're gonna follow him to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. you maybe maybe you should give us a, a location where you are in case one day they get fed up. You know we can't we need to bring enough to back and see can we you know. You know what, Jay? All right, three, four, be funny, Jay. Uh, say, no, no, Jay, Jay, let me say this before you close out. Yeah. These people don't care if you're black and you're Hispanic and you're out here with them. And I'm me and Bobby ain't got no more money than you do, Jay. But I'm just saying, if you are here with them, they don't they don't really care. Because they know you ain't no broke Negro that's going to break into their RV and steal anything out of your $200,000 RV. Because I'm sitting here parked next to you. I'm paying the same amount, amount a night that you're paying. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't feel scared at all. I just know that they feel like, well, hell, if they can afford to be out here, then, you know, I'm, I just don't feel scared. Well, forget them. I don't care. Come have a beer with me. Put on a mask. Put on a mask. Put on a mask before you come to La Casa Vanessa. All right, let, let me get with you, Johnny. Give you the last word of this segment, man. Uh, you know, at one point, at what point do we say, "Look, man, we have to stop looking at Trump," right? Because, listen, you know, you have your own free will. I mean, if someone tells you, look, walk into this gas chamber without, you know, a mask on, are you going to do it? I mean, if you're gullible enough to do that, do you deserve what happens to you? You know, Mr. Elias is laughing at Herman Cain, you know, Trump's uh, junior son, his girlfriend has contracted the virus. I mean, at some point in time, you just have to say, look. You know what? You, you you deserve what you get. You reap what you sow. Bottom line is, you know what people are telling you. Why do you continue to you know do other things when you know you're putting not only you at risk but others? Give you the last uh, word on this segment, sir. Jay, I'm reminded of those those words that uh, President Obama used many 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 years ago when he said, uh, "When when times get tough for people, they gravitate to their Bibles." And they gone. Mm. That seems to be America. Uh, people want, generally, people want somebody to believe in. And unfortunately, you see it in the churches where you've got some some minister or some pastor who leads his congregation into hell's fire, 
Then you got those political leaders, and then you got relatives who do the same thing, where a lot of people just want someone to believe in whether or not whether or not it's good for them, or in in this case, it's bad for the entire world. Uh, what I do want to do is make sure that when we when we speak about uh, the the hardships uh, of the coronavirus, that we don't separate ourselves from our Hispanic and Latino and Asian and, and, and Native brethren who are suffering just as much. Uh, so it right, really, the universal contingency that I see is that you've got a nation of people who don't feel like it's going to negatively impact them, uh, except if, if you're older Caucasians. I routinely and, and normally consistently see them wearing face masks. It's the younger ones that, that you oftentimes see out there uh, gallivanting around trying to politicize the wearing of face masks. But, you know, with, with this guy here, uh, he is no American. Um, he, he's no patriot. What he is is a, is a race baiter. And that's all that you're going to hear from him going down the line. And he's going to continuously draw those comparisons and try to have some type of dissent. TikTok, his days is over with, okay? Each day brings him closer to getting uh, dethroned from the highest office in the land. He he will not he will not go beyond. I think the, the date of vote is November the third. Uh, that day will seal his fate. But in between that time, he's going to cause as much havoc as, as he possibly can. So he's going to play on the people's fears. I saw a commercial this morning where uh, it was saying, you know, uh, call nine one one if if. if uh, if, if, if you don't want people breaking into your house and then it was like, okay, nobody is there, leave a message. And then it shows Joe Biden. So this guy yep. is, is, is doing exactly what you anticipate that he's going to do. He's going to simply just sit there and act like he's some patriot. And he is not. He is, he is non-American. He is a race beta and he is a reprobate. And this, uh, and the sooner the better for this individual right here. He is nothing but pro-Trump. And those that's around him in his inner circle that's contracting the COVID-19, uh, shame on him for following this fool, to be quite honest with you. So, you know, when you, when, when you, when you look at the, 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 the governor of South Dakota, I mean, just shameful. I mean, you expose your people to, to that foolishness and, and encourage them, really. Yeah, we're going to have masks, but you don't have to wear no masks. And we're not going to be social distancing. We're just going to have a good time. It is just a sad day in America where you allow this 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 demonic spirit to just continuously just drive you in to, to existence to where not only are you impacting all of these first responders that you swear that, that, that are champions and you make these banners and these signs that talk about heroes, but yet you are infecting people and having them contract the virus and they're going right in the hospitals. Uh, they're impacting your EMS workers, your fire workers, your law enforcement, your medical field, your social workers that's got to go into the homes. But these are the same ones that these governors and these senators set back and, 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 and champion and say, oh, these are American heroes and stuff of that nature right there. And you won't even promote the wearing of face masks, something simple to mitigate the spread of it. And it's all coming from that fool up there. Um, in, 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 in Washington, and it's just sad. Sad. It is. Sad commentary. Three four seven eight five zero one two seventy. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. But you know what time it is. It is time for After the Break, where I ask our panelists a question 
They get the break to think about their response. And the first thing that we do after we say our hellos for the morning is to answer the question. They get 90 seconds, 90 seconds, 90 seconds, and they will be cut off after 90 seconds. And here's this morning's question. The question is this. Now that we see this movement coming across America with people are saying, look, it is time, Black Lives Matter, it is time to make a change. Big thing on the agenda right now, military concerns. There are some big, and when I tell you big and prominent military concerns that bear the names of Confederate soldiers. So now here's the question. Should America... Or should the government or should the military change the name, the names of some of these prestigious and historical army installations? Boy, I tell you what. Now I know what I I know what the civilians are going to say, but I can't wait to hear from a certain veteran on this. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So that's the question this morning. After the break, should the military change the names of some of their most prestigious and historical? Uh, military concerns. We'll be right back after this. I'm going to where you listen to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Good Sunday morning to you. Being an African American is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful blessing. You have come from great people, but it's also a hard thing. In America, because of your skin color, as a black boy, and as a black man, we are going to be dealing with a lot of danger. Under no circumstance are you to talk to the police if you're arrested until I get there. Do what they say. Don't get into any arguments. Make sure your hands are out of your pockets so they can see. These are the questions you can ask. This is who to call. This is, this is what happens if this bad thing Thing. It's not like, please, master, don't whip me. No, it's like, excuse me, sir, what is your badge number? I'm going to film this. If you want police brutality to stop, if you want police to treat you like a human being, then you, you have to see yourself as a human being. You have every right in this world that anyone else does. What I love about you as my son is I remember when we thought about having you and you know knowing that we wanted you and watching you grow you are the Muhammad Ali you are the Malcolm X you are the Martin Luther King you are an amazing young man and the future is yours and I will do my best to make sure you're safe I love you this message is dedicated to family members who have lost unarmed sons and daughters to the police you are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.
Mississippi historic moves this weekend to change the state flag. The last was a Confederate battle emblem. History will record when American politics returned from its pandemic pause, it did so in Tulsa. President Trump, the headliner. The crowd, large by conventional standards, was nevertheless much smaller than the president's norm and the advanced billing. Social distancing and masks, like the virus itself, were treated casually. The president said little about racial tensions, policing, or reconciliation. He did defend, quote, that beautiful heritage of ours. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. Some of the things that we've already talked about, if you're just tuning in. But if you also are just tuning in, or if you are a regular of this show, you know what time it is. It is time to say hello to our panelists and say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Mae Belle and the Macinelli. Matter of fact, in Trump country, good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing? I'm sitting, I'm laying dead in the middle of Trump country. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. The very lovely Miss, or should I say Dr. Kathleen Williams is in the house. Good morning, Doctor. How are you? I'm doing thank you. How are you doing? Doing outstanding now that you're here. The man who I call the educated brother himself, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be, man. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning and God bless. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Bree, is in the house as well, who brings us on a need-to-know basis, on a weekly basis. Mr. Jerome, man, good morning. And uh, give us a tease, man. What you talking about this morning? None. <laughs> I ain't talking about none. Okay, there it is. He says that all the time. All right, so yeah, you have to tune in to hear him talk about nothing. It's coming up in about 30 minutes or so. And the man gets the first and last word here on the serious side. Mr. Elias, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, all. And uh, to Mariana Music, that was Daydream, and the name of the artist was Wayna. Thank you, Miss Elias. Always catering to the one and only Miss Lightskin herself, Mariana Music. She is in the house. Good morning to you. She was she is light skin. She's a pretty girl. She's in the house. Also, the pastors in the house. Uh, a lot of people. I'm not going to name all the names, but hey, you guys know who you are. Thank you so much, Miss Elias. Man, can we say hello to some folks in the chat if you don't mind? You yeah, have your permission, you know, sir. We got the usual suspects. We got uh, Covina Man in there, uh, Bobo Bright in there, Rachel Easy in there with us. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, there they are. But, you know, hey, listen. What's up, fellas? Glad you guys are in the house. Covina, uh, get out there on that bike, man. Don't lunch, bro. Don't lunch. Get out there and do your thing. Do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the calling number that you know what happens after the break. Is where I asked our distinguished <clears throat> panel uh, questions before the break, and they have the break to think about their response. And so now it is time for responses. And the question was, and still is, should military concerns change the names of post installations that are named after? Uh, Confederate soldiers. Let me go to you, Vanessa, first. 90 seconds on the clock, please. Vanessa, should they change the names of these military concerns? If the name to the vessel or the name to the fort is something that is against what has been going on in the world, slavery, uh, Confederate, whatever it is, then I say change it, but most importantly, 
they better be thinking up a name for Fort Hood because when them people get through fighting them about Vanessa again and that girl's body coming up missing and they knew about it, they're going to be changing that court's name in a few minutes. All right, so you're, so you're saying that, you're saying, yes, they should change the names. Yeah. No questions asked. Change them. Change them. All right, look at that. All right, Vanessa, you have 30 seconds out there for somebody else to take if they need it. All right, Kathleen, I'm coming around to you. Question is, should military concerns change the names of posts and installations that are named after Confederate soldiers? Let's say you. I have 90 seconds. You have 90 seconds, but there's another 30 seconds out there. Maybe I shouldn't tell you that, but it's out there just in case you need it. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I don't need it. My answer is okay. absolutely. That's it? And fast. Absolutely, and change them fast. And we'll wow. defer the rest of my time to, to Jerome. <laughs> Well, you, you don't defer the rest of your time to draw. You're, you're done. It's all right. 30 Okay, look, now that's, that's another 90 seconds on the clock. Wow, look at this. I'm loving this. All right, Jerome, since she brought you up, question is, sir, should they change the names? 90 seconds on the clock. She don't tell her who to defer her time to. So I just want to, well, to, I want to see you arguing. That's 10 seconds gone, Jerome. You're arguing already. Go ahead, man. That's what I'm using her time for. I'm using her time to tell you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Fine. All right. So, you the names, my man. First of all, so we're concerned about the military caring about who their military bases named after. Because this got to be the most <laughs> hilarious topic I've ever heard of. Because don't you just take orders in the military? Do you care? Are you supposed to care with people name stuff? Don't uh, have to orders, right? Line, uh, let's know. name that base whoever the heck they want to name it after and be done. Because technically, mm-hmm. the they lost the war. So when they changed the name, named these bases, and named them after Confederate folks, they were just poking civil rights people in the eye. They did it during the civil rights legislation. Later, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, during that time mm-hmm. is when they started changing all this stuff. So forget them. And don't worry about it. If you're in the military, do your job and stop worrying about the politics of it. And we'll worry about the politics. Wow, look at that. A message to the troops from General uh, Jerome Sepp. Wow, and he left uh, 15 okay, seconds now, on the clock. All right, so now. Fast with me, because I'm going to tell you this. Okay. <laughs> 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 no military. They like to do this to pacify, his, pacify the audience. I am telling you. That I am not saying that to tell nobody that. All I'm saying is the name of those facilities are just names. You're there to do a job. So when politics occurs, which, again, we have never seen this, that people are starting to be conscious about all of these images and impressions that are programming people to hate unconsciously. We need to start undoing them and take this stuff really serious. And stop playing with the fact that people put their lives on the line in the past and now with some frivolous, you know, it shouldn't mean anything to anybody. And I can't. No, we need to undo this. And we're talking about people, um, sociologists and all of those psychologists, they need to be getting into this. Because Dr. Spock and Sigmund Freud were some evil asses. And they knew exactly what they were doing. When
when they were setting up fairy tales and all this other stuff to, to build distrust in people. They did that stuff on purpose. So we need to undo all of those things that were actually impressed on everybody that has them thinking crazy like they're thinking now. We need to use this time to be serious and figure out how to make this place better because there's no other time than the present to do it. So I'm being serious, but I, I want everybody to understand that these changes are necessary to change the psyche of those people who are programmed by the evil that actually runs this place. We need to undo it. All right. My man left 20 seconds left on the clock on him. Thank you, Jerome. All right, Mr. Elias, man. Uh, question for your brothers. Should they rename the military concerns that were named after Confederate soldiers? Hail to the yes, Bobby. Hail to the yes. Look, man, these are named after Confederate traitors, man. These people were traitors to the United States. How do you honor somebody that's a traitor? I'm not understanding this. At all, these people fought against the United States of America, and you're honoring them to put their names on these things, on, the, on these installations. Are you kidding me? How patriotic is that? In the military, about being a patriot and serving your country, your country, not fighting against you, your country, and you're going to name it after somebody who fought against their country? Man, get out of here. Rename the damn bases. These people were traitors to the United States of America, and you're still honoring them. Well, good stuff, Mr. Elias. He left another uh, 40 seconds on the clock, plus another 10 that's left. So there's another 50, 55 seconds out there. Johnny D, man, uh, interesting. Definitely want to get your perspective as being a former military person, and you know the prestige behind some of these places. So here's the question for you. Once again, should the military change the names of concerns and bases that are named after Confederate soldiers? 90 seconds on the clock. It's up to you, my man. There you go. Well, I, I tell you what, in the words of Maya Angelou, when, when people know better, they do better. And having served, and Jay, you haven't served, there's a lot that was kept from us because knowing now what I knew that I didn't know then, I would have certainly been one that would have been champion, uh, probably a mute cause to make sure that that, that was represented. Um, as, as Les said, there is only one country that recognizes and honors their enemies, and that is the United States. So for all of those 10 cities that have these, these Confederate generals, representing their military bases, uh, Fort Hill in Virginia, Camp Beauregard in Louisiana, Fort Benning in Georgia, Fort Bragg in my esteemed state of North Carolina, Fort Gordon in Georgia, Fort Hood in Texas, Fort Lee in Virginia, and Fort Pickett in Virginia, and Fort Polk in Louisiana, Fort Rucker in Alabama, all of these individuals that live in those particular states should be petitioning their governors and their senators and their representatives to get this change. I mean, how can you not, with today's movement going on, how do you have those names of, of, of your, your adversaries represent your, your, your posts where thousands 
thousands of Americans lost their lives. Uh, the most costliest war was the Civil War. So how can you still recognize those individuals who mounted fronts to fight the Union? So, yes, they should. Wow. That's uh, interesting. There's a, there's a lot of time left. Let me just real quick. Let me add something to this because uh, you know, listen. I had no idea Fort Hood, Fort Gordon, Fort Bragg. These are when I tell you these are the cream of the crop when it comes to military, you know, background, heritage, and stuff like that. But my goodness, the names need to change. Who would do something like that? I, you know, that you don't see swastikas still sitting up in Florida, I mean, in, uh, in Germany. So why, why are we celebrating people who were enemies to the Union? It's uh, it's an amazing thing to me. All right, here we go. Tonight, for the first time, interim police chief Vanessa Wilson revealed these photos. We're sickened and we're angry. Three officers laughing and mocking the chokehold used on Elijah McClain. It shows a lack of morals, values, and integrity, and a judgment that I can no longer trust to allow them to wear this badge. And they won't. Wilson fired Erica Morero and Kyle Dietrich after Jaron Jones resigned. Also okay? fired a fourth officer, Jason Rosenblatt, who responded, ha-ha, to the picture. He was involved in the original incident. Elijah McClain was not accused of any crime when officers used a chokehold on him and paramedics injected him with a sedative. He later died. Those officers were never charged with a crime. Two still work for the department. The FBI and Department of Justice are investigating. McLean's father, Luane Mosley, had this to say about the photo reenactment. You're a coward, and I hope you get what you deserve, because it's going to be worth me seeing that you're fired. You know, as we talk about the renaming of Post, and you have a story like this, you know, the officers who were involved in the killing of Elijah McClain, uh, this, they were at, at, at the site, and they were faking or posing using the chokehold that they used to kill that young man. And now that we know what we know about him, I, you know, it, it just um, it just it just really gets to you when you, you think about this country in which we live. And um, let, let me just, let me pass the mic on. Um, let me let me start with you on this one, uh, Johnny. Uh, you know when you look at what happened, the fact that they are insensitive to what's going on, they go to the site and they fake or take pictures of them mocking the chokehold, grinning and laughing like. Oh, just another day at the office. This is what we do. We wake up every morning, put the uniform on, and we go kill Negroes. Are the officers who were called on film talking about, on tape, I should say, saying that they can't wait for a race war and that, you know, I got me some guns, I can't wait to slaughter them. I mean, my God, man, we know that this exists in our nation's history. And even though we all say that we're not surprised we have to be a little surprised that this is going on in 2020, right? I mean, people to really have this. This sounds like someone who taped a Klan rally back in the 50s. I, you know, it reminds me of a scene in Do the Right Thing when the two brothers were in the back of the pizza shop arguing with each other. He says, man, you know, you talk about how you hate black folks, but your favorite basketball player is Magic Johnson, your favorite this, your favorite that. And the guy's response was, well, they're not black, they're clear, or whatever he said. It's amazing that this happens in 2020, man. What, what say you in regards to this shameful 
display by these officers uh, at the uh, site of the death of Elijah McClain. Mm. Wow. You know, Jay, having uh, served in, in a regimental environment for nearly 33 years now in, in both the military and public safety, it, there is a culture that exists um, where bravado is forever present. Um, and unfortunately, what, what ultimately breeds itself is these type of acts from generally decent people who, because of the culture, either gets dragged in or either promotes this degree of insensitivity where you pitch yourself against those same individuals that you serve, which is the public, and they become your adversaries because of the culture that, that can exist. Uh, you know, to go back to the place where the young man lost his life and to present that on social media just shows the insensitivity of that particular agency. But then also what you're seeing in the, the law enforcement. Okay, can you hear him? Yeah, okay. yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, so when, 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 when you see that, it's, it's disturbing, and I mean, there's no excuse for it. It really and truly is not. So I won't sit here and, and by any stretch of the imagination, try to try to validate that. And uh, certainly, I think the chief uh, a, a a great call in regards to making sure that these officers' careers ended. Um, but the culture, it, it has to start with the culture, you know, um, where you you literally spend time trying to conceal the misconduct of, of, of other staff members and, and other officers who, who you serve. And it, it's just, um, you know, and, and to be quite honest with you, yeah, those those were three Caucasian officers. So it, it looks even more polarizing, but it, it's, a, it's a culture. It, it really and truly is. And, yep. and it goes beyond yep. the bounds of, of race. Uh, the, the article that yeah. you talked about that happened in, in uh, Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, where you got these uh, these, these officers and they were, you know, secretly, well, they weren't secretly, you know, you should know your equipment, but the body camera they thought was off. And I mean, all this provocative and hate rhetoric and language and stuff that they were talking, you know, these are everyday people who don that uniform. And the, the thing that I've always said is, is this right here. You can't love the applause but hate the crowd. And that's that's what you're seeing is that the people want to be part of this law enforcement community to get you, you know, so 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 you want to, to, to be revered as, as this noble person who wears the uniform and this lifelong dream of being a law enforcement officer, but yet you hate the people that you serve. And, and it's a delicate balance. I understand that, but it's got to be done where you've got to understand that you are a public servant and that yep. you work for the people. And I think sometimes law enforcement personnel forget that. You know, I, I, I've had to deal with some that I've, I've literally trained um, you know, at, at one time I was doing a lot of terrorism uh, training classes. I mean, was and again, God has blessed me to be considered a, a, a national lecturer. And, and I remember, 
I remember so vividly where it was a young man that uh, one morning I had dropped my clothes off at, at, at the dry cleaners and give me give me one minute just kind of shake this here and I, I had parked in a fire zone now of course this is 7 30 in the morning I run in there and I get caught up with the gentleman uh, he's an African-American owned his own business uh, small cleaners I would ride past four or five different cleaners to go to to, to Mr. Bill and me and Mr. Bill is sitting in there and our conversation takes a little bit longer and and mind you it's only three or four cars in, in the in the lot okay and I'm talking about this is one of those big food line type lots and and his little his his little shop is is two doors down and the guy comes in there and as I start moving to my vehicle you know he wants to give me a lecture about my vehicle parking there and you know I, I say well just give me the ticket so I can go on and and I kid you not I kid you not Less than six months later, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to the chief of police because I'm, I'm being sponsored to, to conduct this terrorism class. And it's a line of officers, mostly Caucasian, waiting to get my attention, my time, and my expertise. And all of a sudden, guess who I see? This young man standing in line. And, and, and I'm looking at this guy, and I remember how condescending he was to me. And I, and, and I asked myself, I said, you remember me? And he says, uh, no, sir, I, I, never, I never met you. I, I've heard, I've hearing about you for years, but I never met you. I said, yeah, we met one Saturday morning. And I replayed the incident. I said, now, the difference being is that I didn't have on my bow tie and my suit that I have on now and standing in front of 500 people. I said, I had on a baseball cap and, 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 and some, um, some, some, some 5'11 pants and some sneakers. And now he's sitting there in front of the chief feeling some type of way where, you know, I apologize and stuff like that. And then I had to share with him the fact that 80-some percent of the crimes that's solved in the community come from the assistance of the public, okay? So when you alienate the public, you can no longer be effective as a law enforcement official. And I had to remind that young man of that and took great pleasure in doing so right there in front of the chief because you know, I had <laughs> well, I that opportunity to, 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 to vindicate that, you understand, where most people don't, okay? But again, yeah, it's a yeah. culture, man, that we have got to break. And like I say, you can't love the applause and hate the crowd. Right. I, I, I love that line. You can't love. That. I love that. I'm gonna steal that from you. Let, let me swing around to you. Uh, let me swing around to you, Kathleen. On this, um, you know, once again, uh, you know, your words sometimes. Uh, you know, when, when I usually when things happen in the news, I always think about what Jerome. You know, what would Jerome think? And I can't wait to get his comments. I was really thinking about you on this one uh, when I first saw this, and I'm like, what have what na- what type of nation are we that we've stooped to this? We stooped this low. To, to have police officers, you know, mocking the way they were, that they killed, let's just call it what it is, this young man, uh, a guy that played the violin, a guy who was an introvert, a guy who was minding his business, and because someone saw him walking with a mask on or whatever the case may be, they called the cops, and they go back to the site and recreate the hole, they take pictures and laugh. What type of nation do we live in, Kathleen, when you see this type of stuff? What type of nation do we live in? Yeah. And, uh, you mean now 2020 versus, you know, the 60s, the 1960s, 50s, the 40s? Yeah, exactly, or, exactly. Or what type of nation do we live in, like, generally? Because the, the nation is pretty much the same slightly different but basically the same 
as it was when we were fighting civil rights and so forth. You see, remember all of those pictures, um, you know, when we saw the pictures and the film that we saw, the footage that we saw of black people being chased down by dogs and um, used, you know, fire hoses used against us. Who was on the other end of the, the leash of the dog and who was on the other end of the fire hose? You know, who was it that didn't show up in Tulsa, Oklahoma when they were killing 300 some odd people, uh, you know, because they were wealthy and saying because one guy looked at a white woman or whatever, that wasn't true. Who was it that was flying over that area, Green, you know, Greenwood in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Who flew over and dropped the bomb? You know what I mean? So if we're saying now, what kind of a nation do we live in and who are these people and how could how did they get here? We are what we have to really say is these are the same people. So how do we get rid of these people that are in you know, in the in the blue uniform? How do we get rid of the ones that have not transitioned? How do we do that? Because the the system is designed and set up so that they are rewarded for doing this kind of behavior, or yeah. at best, you know, at worst, tolerated, right? Rewarded or tolerated. So they are put on desk leave, administrative leave with pay, never have to lose their pension, maybe get transferred. Yeah. They may, you know, so might try to say that they were fired and hired over two counties over. Nothing has happened to them in the past. This is like the first time that we've seen some of them in orange so quickly. So, you know, this is the nation that we are in. This is where we are. This is what's happening. This is what has been happening. Now we just have it on camera more often. Well, nothing's changed. Huh? The more things change, the more things stay the same. Vanessa, um, What say you about this? Because, you know, when you sit back, you know, there are times when you sit down and you're just in a dark room maybe and you're just reflecting or meditating and you think about where we are as a nation. The guy who is the head executive of this nation, uh, you think about, uh, you know, just all the different things that have been happening here lately and then these officers go and reenact the chokehold that they placed on this young man who, which eventually cost him his life. Um, and then no remorse, just, you know, don't care if the, you know, if Elijah's family see the post, like, hey, we're going to post it and we're going to laugh and make a joke out of it. What say you? If you're talking to me, I did yes. hear what you said, mm-hmm. but if you're talking to me, um, yes. I think it's ludicrous. I do. I think it's crazy um, that, let me just say this, that the the pandemic has not been the topic of conversation where people are dying and he's going to places where the epidemic is at its highest peak and it seems like he's making it worse. I cannot believe that he has not said anything about the George Floyd, the Brianna 
even the lady from Vanessa from the military, that the military knows that they knew something about this young lady and this guy being missing and the girl dead. I cannot believe that we have such a trifling president of the United States that he cannot step up and be a man for the people versus being a man for the racist. And if he, who his children are now starting to get this uh, host of a democratic virus, if he doesn't suffer the consequences, the karma is going to fall on his children or they're going to fall on his grandchildren. And Vanessa Haynes might be dead and gone, but you mark my words, it's the karma is going to hit those Trump people one way or another, one day or another. Wow. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Uh, Jerome, uh, what to you? Well, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like, we are dealing with a pathology that we as a country need to deal with. We keep taking these incidents as it's separate, like the white woman pulling a gun at somebody at a grocery store. And all that. We keep taking them as separate issues. It is an issue with how some people are processing how white supremacy or white supremacy or... Um, or the concept of being uh, colonization works. Like, that's deep-seated in people. Like, they have the right to do something. We're watching this with the um, virus stuff, right? So there's a really fundamental change, like, um, you know, wear your seatbelt. And a black person doesn't have, somebody gets pulled over for having an air freshener in their, their rearview mirror. You know, people go, well, well, he broke the law, he broke the law. But you tell somebody to put a mask on and not their own personal rights to proceed whatever the law is in their head. But we don't get to play that little silly game of nitpicking what laws we want to follow and which ones we don't. And I know I've said this before, but when the law breaks the law, there is no law. And they're not taking this thing seriously because their privilege doesn't allow them to see that as a problem. So this is kind of a reckoning across the board. We can't wonder why people are doing stuff like that. We know we've all, I shouldn't say we've all, but most of us have been in situations with police officers who have lost their damn minds. We've been in the grocery store with some little old lady lost their damn mind. But when we say that as black people... Don't forget about the Karens that's out there, Jerome. Yeah, yeah, I... I mentioned that with the woman pulling pulling a gun, you know, and felt so like you know, and their whole thing is, oh, I felt my life was in danger. You were empowered with a weapon, and you were trying to make somebody um, bow down to you. I mean, I, there are situations where you people on a bus are getting that done to them. You know, I could tell you stories that my I've witnessed. With my mother taking that bus to the casino, and some white lady pushed the black lady out of the way. Black lady was gonna beat—I mean, beat her down because she felt privileged. Oh, I should—I need to go first. It's like why? The black woman was older than you, and you still felt like that. We have to reckoning stoop in this place, and again, it's gonna be uncomfortable, but it needs to happen. We need to let it happen. We need to stop pacifying. Just. Even if it's just in this moment, stop pacifying people. Because 
we need to deal with this because they are not dealing with it. They're the ones who are oppressing everybody else, and we are taking it, and we're making excuses for them doing that. Let's own it. Lose your job. Lose your lose your house. Lose all of that. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes to get you to see the world a little different. Fine, but you are not the king of peace, so we have to mm. let it happen. Stop saying we forgive y'all wow. for being stopped that. Let it happen. Mm. Well, still, yes, man, you get the last word on this segment, brother, and on the show. Uh, let's see you. Well, you know, it's strange that Jerome should say that because that's the same thing Dick Gregory said. Dick Gregory said, how do you stop these police from doing what they're doing? He said, you take their houses, they take their cars away, you take everything else away from them. Whereas that if you feel that you need to shoot somebody and it's not justified, then you're fired and you never get to, you never get a chance to get a job again. So you think twice about doing that again before you before you pull the trigger. And something that just struck me when Kathleen said when they dropped the bomb on Tulsa, Oklahoma, wow, that was the essence of the Gap Band song, You Dropped the Bomb on Me. Because you know the Gap Band was named after Black Wall Street. There's the name, the Gap stands for Greenwood, Archer, and Pine. So I just, I was like, wow, when she said that, it just, it, it struck me funny. That, that she would say that And, and as far as the police In uh, Arizona they, uh, that, 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 that took out Elijah they, they, should be, they should be put in jail man And then to go back and make jokes about it Like it's funny That this man this young man lost his life My god man This is unbelievable That, that the police would do something this, That they would do something that stupid and they, 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 they would get away with it, and, and, and there's no, 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 no justification for it, but they're going to come back and make jokes about it. Wow. You know, I, I, I pray, I pray to God, man, that this stuff ends soon, because if it doesn't, it, it, it's, it, it's going to be an uprising. I can see it coming. And that being said, we'll be right back after this. Support for NTR and the following message come from DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo believes getting privacy online should be simple. With one download, you can search and browse privately, avoiding trackers. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. International organizations such as Transparency International are urging the Guatemalan authorities to select impartial and ethical judges to the nation's highest court after it was revealed that there has been attempts to influence the selection process by some with ties to corruption and organized crime. Maria Martin reports. In a recent report, Transparency International says Guatemala is facing an institutional crisis instigated by those who seek impunity from corruption. This comes as Congress is selecting dozens of judges and after a revelation that an imprisoned political operative tried to influence the selection process. Guatemala has had a historically weak and often manipulated judicial system. This had begun to change under an international anti-corruption commission, but that group was expelled almost a year ago. Now many international groups and Guatemalan civil society organizations say if the authorities don't step in, the country's court system may once again be in control of organized criminal elements. For NPR News, 
I'm Maria Martin. Voters are going to the polls today in Croatia, casting ballots in a parliamentary election that is not expected to produce a clear winner, leading to negotiations to form a government. Also, the Dominican Republic is holding a presidential election today. And in Tokyo, the city's first female governor has won a second term heading to Japanese capital as it deals with the coronavirus pandemic and prepares for next year's Olympics. I'm Giles Snyder, and this is NPR News. It's time for this week's edition of Under the Radar, stories that didn't make the cut for the live show. However, they are important stories that you need to know. Here's our story for this week. President Trump signing an executive order tonight to protect national monuments, including Confederate statues. The president tweeting, long prison terms for these lawless acts against our great country. But why is he focusing on protecting Confederate symbols while pushing back the release of Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill? It's worth noting that a $20 bill was the reason why police confronted George Floyd in the first place. Wouldn't now be a good time to give that bill a new look as planned? It's a name the president often invokes when talking about American heroes. Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. But the president has stopped short of memorializing her heroism by replacing Andrew Jackson on the front of one of our most widely circulated currency notes, the $20 bill. I think it's pure political correctness. Andrew Jackson had a great history, and I think it's very rough when you take somebody off the bill. First, speaking of history, President Andrew Jackson was a slaveholder and signed legislation removing Native Americans from their land. Nevertheless, Trump has long admired Jackson, visiting his home in Nashville. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. And moving his portrait to the Oval Office where he even hosted a group of Navajo veterans right in front of that painting. You were here long before any of us were here. Second, no one sought to remove Andrew Jackson from the bill entirely. A redesigned bill simply moves him to the back of the bill and features Harriet Tubman on the front. This decision came during the Obama administration, a decision that was also voted on by Americans. Initiating a timeline to unveil the bill's redesign in 2020, coinciding with the 100th anniversary of women winning the right to vote. Four years later, the plans for release have been pushed back a decade. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin telling reporters earlier this month, this is something that is in the distant future, that the new bill wouldn't be released until 2030. So what accounts for the delay? Mnuchin claims it's security concerns. This is a non-political situation where the primary objective of changing the currency is to stop counterfeiting. But when pressed, Mnuchin couldn't explain why the imagery would still be delayed. So yes or no, will you meet what was originally the 2020 redesign deadline? We will meet the security feature redesign in 2020. The imagery feature will not be an issue that comes up until most likely 2026. Protesters have accelerated the discussion, making clear which images they believe fully represent America's heritage and which do not. 
In Richmond, Virginia, the former capital of the Confederacy, Robert E. Lee's statue was covered with the projected image of Harriet Tubman. But here at Lafayette Park, across from the White House, Andrew Jackson's remains protected. Protesters tried to topple it, but then these fences went up. The president now saying they're going to increase protection of these statues, saying we shouldn't erase our heritage. But whose heritage? And why shouldn't Harriet Tubman be included in it? She is our most outstanding female patriot. And symbolically, what does it say when there is reluctance for now to even allow her to share the bill? It is so sad, this idea that by even sharing a little bit of that historical real estate, that somehow the insecure folks will feel that their story is lost. At a time when the nation is searching for its moral compass, the image of one woman guided by the North Star would speak volumes. That's it. Thank you for listening. And remember, every week we'll feature stories that you need to know right here on Under the Radar, sponsored by the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm Jay Rao. See you next time. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Back three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's time time for Chatterbox, and just because the show has run over, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do Chatterbox, and we'll say our final goodbyes, and then we're going to kick into the my favorite part of the show on a need to know basis. Uh, boy, time is just time flies, and you're having fun. So now, Mr. Elias, man, do um, you have anything you want to read from the chat room, my friend? And I'm only going to read uh, three because we don't have time. What do you have, Mr. Well, Elias? yeah, Kavina man said the KKK has an amusement park in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Don't be surprised if Trump, Trump holds a rally there. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, that's what he put in there. And uh, uh, Boba Bright said he voted for Trump, but he would never vote for him again. He's, he's going to vote for Joe Biden 100% in this election. You know what? Is it, okay, is he on steroids? I mean, okay. All right. Thanks, Boba Bright. Um, I don't know how to take that. All right. Real quick. Uh, let me read. Uh, from our usual suspects, and I'm going to read one from somebody who we don't hear from. All right, so the pastor, Stephen F. Jones, peace and uh, blessings, family, great show as always. I have to say this. I'm so glad that you have included the commercial of parents talking to their black sons on what to do when pulled over by the cops in your normal rotation. Every time I hear it, I get a lump in my throat. I have my 17-year-old listen to it as well. You guys are the best. Thank you so much, Pastor. We appreciate you. And we, you know, as long as we can help you out, that's what we're here for. Rollins J from North Carolina. Great show, especially the last segment. Been listening off and on for the past five years. You guys continue to keep your people informed. Great job. Thank you. And Marianne Music, I love you guys so much. And I hope that we all can meet one day after the virus, with the exception of Mr. Rollins. What does that mean? And, uh, and thanks. <laughs> you know, what, what, what the hell does that mean, Marianne? <laughs> What does that mean? Uh, okay, thanks, Mr. Elias, for the grooves you provide every week. Where do you find his music? By the way, Trump sucks. <laughs> you know, I, I don't... Okay, all right, anyway. All right, so now what we're going to do is we're going to do something a little different because time has run us over. And so let's jump in and let's everybody say their goodbyes right here. And, uh, man, I tell you what, this is... Man, time is flying. All right, so it is time for our final thoughts and... Uh, 
Vanessa, I know you're in Trump country. What do you have to say? Final thoughts here real quick. Did you see the flag that I sent y'all that's right across from me? Yes, I'm in Trump country. Yes, I I'm did. right down the street there. Yes. I'm here at Jamaica Beach Surfside. Everything is closed down. But we're at the private one, so we're not shut down. So let me tell you this. For those of you people that are coming to Texas because y'all want to see Donald Trump in the next two weeks who's holding a rally in Houston. Bobby's telling me you're talking loud. Who's holding a rally yes. in Houston. Bring your uh. damn mask. Sorry, Will. Oh, you can't do That's right. Because Governor Abbott has said, look, he's reversed this tone. Boy, I tell you what, him and that dude in Florida. Wow, you should hear him now. Oh, my God, yeah. craziness. All right, uh, final thoughts of Miss. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they changed. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's like, wear your mask. You got to wear your mask now. Really? You should have said that crap four weeks yeah, ago. Don't get me started. Exactly. All right, Kathleen, give us your final thoughts. This morning, I just would like to wish everybody peace and love. Um, There is a scripture that talks about the peace of God, right? And um, it talks about the peace of God that passes all understanding, will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So Uh those those of us who are in this time, and wondering how on earth did we get here? I can't figure it out. I don't understand how could God let this all happen. I don't know. You know, and getting anxious. Just yeah. allow yourself to settle into the peace of God because by saying that scripture, it means that there will be times and you'll go through situations where it will be beyond your understanding. It passes all understanding. But if you can settle into the peace of God, the peace of God will keep your mind in Christ Jesus. So, And it passes all understanding. So lean not to your own understanding, but get into God's understanding. And you'll be able to bypass a lot of this madness and get through this virus and the all the viruses. The virus of racism and the coronavirus and any other ism that you are dealing with right now. So I wish wow. everyone peace and love. Wow. Season 6 and 10. Think on Amen. these things. Oh, my goodness. One of my favorite scriptures. Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. Wow, wow, mm. wow, wow. Finally, my wow. brother. Whatsoever things. Are. Mm. Oh, anyway. All right. Uh, man. Uh, man. Whew. Johnny D, man. Final thoughts. Look at, <laughs> look at her. Getting me fired up on a Sunday morning. Well, I tell you what. Keep on getting fired up. And, and it is really hard to come after the word of God uh, because that is mm. the life and, and truth. But I do want to say this right here again. This is this is an important part of, of my my existence, my being. I thank God for His grace and mercy. I thank Him for an opportunity to be part of of this 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 broadcast, and I thank God for each one of you all. And on a lighter note, on a lighter note, uh, I just want to give a shout out and, and a thank you to Disney Plus uh, for the for the streaming of Hamilton. What a what a unique way of presenting history 
Uh, just absolutely enjoyed it. If you haven't had an opportunity to see it, uh, I would certainly encourage you to do so. I didn't know how I was going to take it, but to be honest with you, I see where all the rave and the reviews are coming from. So, again, Disney Plus, thank you for giving me an opportunity to share time with, with, with my, my, my kids as we watched uh, Hamilton uh, being portrayed in, in that that unique fashion. So I look forward, uh, if it's God's will and my purpose, to be back next week. And, again, thank each one of you all. Thank you, Smartest Man in the World, Mr. Mr. Uh, Jerome Freeman. Final thoughts, uh, look at him. Love you too. All right, hey, uh, all right, uh, 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 Jerome. Man, final thoughts, though. Wow. Um, you know, I, I don't. I didn't know. I was gonna, yeah, I didn't know where I was going to go for my final thoughts, but I do want to say this about the um, the um, Trump rally at yeah. the where was it? In uh, the, well, which one in Tulsa, and then they have one at uh, the uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I, in the Black Hills, I don't like to call it Mount Rushmore. I'll call it that. So, that's right. That's right. That's you know, right. the under, to understand that that land is sovereign, right? Mm-hmm. And with the only thing that this country really holds tight to is this treaties, and yeah. they have a there's a treaty. It was went up to the Supreme Court in 1980, found that the United States violated their treaty with the, I think, the Sioux Nation that's up there, and they paid them a settlement, and they still won't take the money. Just how, just how committed they are, they won't take the money that the United States has paid them, and it's over a billion dollars now, and they won't take the money. They're like, get off our land because we yeah. violate their treaty. And we need to have people speak up about this because I know, you know, where I am, their sovereign land, they're really serious. The the Haudenosaunee is, and that's all of the Six Nations, the Iroquois Nation up on um, this part of New York and and, and upstate New York um, near Canada. The the those guys are really serious, and if you can't respect one's sovereignty, they can't respect you. And so as far as this goes, that we blow stuff off when Native Americans are speaking or they're having issues, just remember that a part of the problem is colonization. A part of the problem with people taking pictures after they kill somebody black is colonization. They feel like they own you no matter what. And we need to draw some attention to it and make sure we stay disciplined on message. Um, That's all I want to say. It's just kind of what's on my mind. So everybody have a good week. Thank you so much, Jerome. Talk to you in a few seconds. Still is, man. Uh, final word here, man. Uh, final thoughts, brother. Well, I'm going to say what I always say. Get out and vote, folks, and just don't get out and vote in the presidential election and national elections. Get out and vote in your local elections. But if you don't get out and vote, guess what? Your attorney generals and your state your state attorney generals and the, and the people that make the laws and the, and the DAs and all the rest of the stuff that you're supposed to vote for, you're in trouble because they, they're going to they're going to keep this racist process up. The reason that the reason that they are blocking us to vote or they're coming up with new ways to block us to vote is because now people are becoming awoke. And when you wake up, guess what happens? You do better because you know better. So get out and vote and get out and vote and and droves. 
I mean, if you can vote by mail, vote by mail because of the virus. Because they're trying to even stop that. Now they're saying it's going to be the widespread cheating and voting if you vote by mail. No, it's not. It's going to be no different than any vote if you vote in public. So, uh, uh, voting, vote right when you are to the polling. So, folks, get out and vote. If you don't vote, you don't have a voice. All right, so we're 90 seconds away from the live show. Don't go anywhere because coming up next on the Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome Spree is right around the corner. Let me say this. I want to play the what-if game with you real quick. What if President Obama would have kept kids in cages on the uh, southern borders? What if President Obama would have uh, said, you know, kung fu and kung flu and did all this? What if President Obama didn't respond to the Ebola crisis on time? What if President Obama would have lied and sit back and stayed idle while Russians killed our American soldiers? You know, they had 15,000 uh, uh, hearings for the Benghazi situation, but not one Republican has said a damn thing about this man allowing American troops to be killed and didn't say anything about it. So let's just play the what-if game. What would you guys do if that happened? You guys are sick. You need to wake up and stop following this clown. And on that note, Mr. Elias, yeah. if it's Sunday we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. Folks, I'm just so disgusted with how people continue to follow this idiot. All I'm going to say is uh, be safe, God bless, and uh, for my colleagues, you guys be safe as well. We'll see you next week. And for Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. They're going anywhere. Coming up next on the Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome Spring. You guys take care. What if President Obama was The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it is time for my favorite part of the show, on a need-to-know basis, with Mr. Jerome, the street man. Jerome, man, what do you got going on this morning? All right, you know, our first story, the North, the South Pole is warming three times faster than the rest of the world due to the increase of greenhouse gas emissions and shifting um, tropical weather patterns. That's according to a new study from Victoria University. They're saying to double, double whammy of greenhouse gases and the climate change from the weather patterns mm. is causing the South Pole to warm. Again, our sea levels are rising, so... They definitely work. Mm-hmm. I think we do something about this every couple every couple weeks. There's another story coming out warning everybody, right? So um, NASA named its Washington D.C. Um, headquarters after hidden figures in honor of hidden figures Mary W. Jackson, um, the agency's first black female engineer who helped um, win the space race. Is what they're saying. In 1958, um, she became NASA's first black engineer. And now the agency is naming the Washington, D.C. headquarters after her. It's, it also mm. sits on Hidden Figures Way, so they named the street after the other group of <laughs> black women who were there. Uh, based yeah. On the agency. yeah. Now, New Yorkers will lose their paid sick leave benefits for voluntarily traveling to states which have a COVID-19 positive test rate of 10% or more under a new mm. executive order by... Governor Cuomo. You know what? New York State ain't playing. First of all, they don't, don't want you coming here. And secondly, they're like, if you go there, 
If you bring your butt mm-hmm. back, you lose your ways to leave. Because other states mm-hmm. can play they want to. New York State they play. So shout out to them. Good Lord. Yeah. And you, and you know, Florida, um, again, um, I guess this is the third out of four days that there are over 10,000 new um, new um, cases of, of Corona. Mm-hmm. Over 2,000. So I think um, Texas hit a, a, a day high, uh, a new high, too. So Florida added 10,059 new cases. So they're over 200,000 statewide now in Florida. Mm. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy. Not, not listening. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so Black Lives Matter protests may be the largest in U.S. history. More than 26 million Americans have been um, at more than 4,700 demonstrations across the country. Now, those figures come um, for from four recent polls, including one released by um, Civics Analysis, that found that between 15 million. To 200 or to 26 million people have been a part of um, demonstrations. So I, I guess when they start to rewrite the history books, I bet you they leave this out. <laughs> first of all, because you know, first of all, you leave out the dang near two million people at the Million Man March and act like that didn't happen. And now it's a Black Lives Matter. You can't hide that it's black. You, you can say no. white people are there, but it's still called Black Lives Matter protest. That, mm-hmm. That's not going to be put in nobody's book guarantee that. Now, workers remove a 22-foot Christopher Columbus statue from Columbus, Ohio, after the mayor claimed uh, the monument was a symbol of uh, um, uh, oppression and divisiveness. So on Wednesday morning, workers spent three hours removing the monument, which stood outside the city hall for 65 years and was a gift from um, a city in Italy was the birthplace hmm. of um, Columbus. Um, Genoa, I think is what it's called. But yeah, so they, in the, uh, Columbus, Ohio is named after Christopher Columbus and they took the statue down. So again, well, they yeah, he never set, stuck foot in North America anyway, so whatever. Again, some history needs to be corrected. Something? How do you discover again? something where somebody already lives? How do you discover something where somebody already lives? That's I, I, I know that. You yeah. know, I live in the, I live in Indiana, and somebody come and said, "Look, I discovered Indiana." Yeah, I guess you did. Please, I, I watch videos of people. Um, this guy approached this black man and his child. It was like a a four year old child getting into his car, and the white woman who was with him said that proved that it's your car. Now he had the keys, got in the car. And they stood in front of the car, blocking them for leaving so they could call the police because they said, he's stealing this car. <laughs> That's what white folks are doing today. Wow. Yes, yeah. they are, man. This, this is the world I'm, that we're I'm living in. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, yeah, yeah. So they would claim, throw a flag on anything. But, oh, I own this. Prove that you, prove that you own it. They don't have to prove mm-hmm. that. Why, why are you here? The car? I asked what to prove I own the car? <laughs> Hey, hey, it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty long video, but I mean they even some white guy got on the hood of this black man's car. It mm. looked that didn't turn out bad. 
So really? I just I just gunned it. Even it out. Yeah. So that was just been hey, me. Really? Listen, if there's anybody who felt like their life was threatened, it was a black man with a baby in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. And these white folks were but really sitting there trying to but, stop them. But they thought it was better to stand on the hood of whomever's car they think is being stolen. So I'll get my big pie up on top of the hood and dent it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> because wow. I think you're trying to steal your own car. Now I hope they arrested the guy who was standing on the hood of the car. Well, 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 he laid on it. I'm not saying he was jumping on it or anything, but he did lay on the hood of the car. And here's the here's the interesting thing. The woman said, "Oh, she thought he was getting her car. Like she don't know her license plate. They knew exactly. Mm. Now she's making excuses of why they stopped this guy." Because she said, oh, I mm. thought it was my car, so I thought he was stealing it. Oh, the old, I thought it was the old, I thought it was my apartment and my car tricked that man. <laughs> yes, yeah. really, really. Yeah, pretty much same thing on that one. All right, uh, Civil War General Robert E. Lee's great 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 nephew said that taking down the Confederate symbol was a brainer um, and battling racism and um, Black Lives Matter. So Reverend, Reverend Robert Lee the Fourth claimed that Confederate flags have been become um, idols of white supremacy and racism, and removing them is a no-brainer. And um, he also claimed that Confederate flags have become um, um, just symbolic of white supremacy as well. So, I mean. You know, again, he gets no credit for this, but I'm just going to put it out there for balance. There, there are still some people who already know that they're doing wrong, so whatever that. Mm-hmm. Now, San Francisco police will stop releasing mug shots of people arrested to stop um, perpetuating racial stereotypes. Unless they pose a threat to public safety, San Francisco police said they're going to stop releasing mug shots um, just because people have been arrested. Um, because technically you're not guilty because you're arrested either. So they need to stop putting that stuff out there. So they said it's a part of their effort to stop perpetuating racial, racial stereotypes. Now, here's a, but here's didn't a good Tim thing. Jerome from somebody was in the store and walked up to somebody and was in their face and sitting at them and stuff and saying, you were convicted and you were this and we saw your mugshot and the person hadn't even been to court yet. Wasn't it one of those police officers in New York that that happened to? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know There's that. One of the story. police officers know. with the Floyd case, this, the Oriental guy is what Bobby's saying. The Oriental guy, somebody walked up to that man in the grocery store and was in his yeah. face, sitting at him, cussing at him, and he ain't even been convicted yet. Right. See, and that, that's see. Okay, so here's the problem: you stop releasing photos because you don't want to want to, um, you know, perpetuate stereotypes. But how about stop arresting black people on stereotypes? See, we can cut releasing folks if you just stop arresting them because they look like they could have committed a crime. So that's usually, you know, a friend of mine years ago used to call that a slave tracking system. It's the fact that if you get pulled over, they automatically run your name, and it's just to keep you in the system, just to prove that he was here at 1030 on this day. So no matter what it is that a policeman stops you for, they ask your name and identification, and they want to run your name. But, but you truly, know, yeah, 
but but and and, and that against their mem- your First Amendment right because yeah, they got not- they, they got to prove you did something. A suspicious activity is not uh, a reason to stop somebody. Yeah, is, so, I don't get it. Yeah, so here's the excuse: just because you don't want to even give them your name, they say that that's suspicious. See, I think I think what needs to happen is that we need to change some laws and stop giving them so much wiggle room to keep they keep lying. It's just like saying my life feels threatened. You need to say, prove your life wasn't threatened. What happened? Oh, he raised his voice. That's not an issue. You know what I mean? Like they they need to prove these things as opposed to just taking their word for it because obviously they're mm-hmm. lying. Yep. So you know. Um, a small study by researchers in Italy found that COVID-19 patients who were tested in May had a lower um, viral loads and milder symptoms than those tested in April in April's peak. And what they're finding in Italy is that the second round of um, COVID is a weaker strain, and so hmm. and you're having milder symptoms. So even though in wow. most places, you know, I think. Texas had the highest so far, and they're about eight, um, 8,900 cases in one day. That's their highest. But what they're finding is that as the second wave comes through, people are getting less of um, what they're calling a viral, which just means you're, you're ingesting less of that virus, and um, so your symptoms are getting milder. So that's good news on the study side of this, but it's still not good news in COVID. Because um, scientists from the Scripps Research Institute in Florida have added um, growing research into a different chain of COVID. This is in Florida. They said that that virus in Florida has strengthened. So while one strain is getting weaker, there's another strain that's getting stronger. So mm. take over. Right. Yep. And aren't they saying that this is the second wave because some of these states are on the first? Yeah, those guys are on their first. So right. New York, New York State, which has a smaller transmission rate of like point oh something, like we are not transmitting from one person to another. We're um, transmitting from one person in your household to another, which is a better way to control it. But um, so by the time these other states happen and it's reintroduced from another state, we will be on our second wave. And that's why the governor's taking the step that he's taking. And he's saying that mm-hmm. if you come into this state, quarantine yourself, and if you live in a state and go to a state that is um, that has a, a transmission rate of over 10%, what is it, this was, 10, um, he, that you're losing your um, paid leave, you can take some time off. You're gonna lose your pay. We're not paying you to go get yourself sick. Just I, I, I'm with that. Yep, that makes perfect sense, right? Now, yep. now, uh, a study claims that uh, midday UV rays can inactivate 90% of the coronavirus, but experts say they'll make no difference in the infection rate. So, two um, retired U.S. government scientists tested the virus survival rate of UV rays. But um, two outside experts say um, that some may clean up spare viruses in the air but will not stop transmission. So all that study means is that that virus, when it sits outside, even with low sun, so even in the winter, low UV, that it will kill the virus that's outside.
more than five minutes, but somebody can cough on you can still get it. So that's why they're saying it doesn't mm. affect infection rate because you can transmit from some from person to person, but it won't be like in China where they had to spray outside to make sure they killed that virus. UV rays um, are killing that virus. It makes it ineffective, not totally killing it, but it's making it um, ineffective. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that's wrong. I think they just don't have any more spray, and they just want us to think that we don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're trying to stop. They're trying to stop cleaning the train. That's what it is. I don't think. Oh no, 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 no! They're going to clean the inside the train. No, no. They're saying when you go outside. They're just saying that. They're not saying. They're going to open the the, the the windows in the train so that everybody can get some air. That ain't working. <laughs> it's not helping. You know, NASA is helping people um, stop touching their face with a wearable um, called Pulse. Like it sends a vibration uh, to the per- like. So you you can get this necklace, right? And when your hand gets or or it's a bracelet, and when your hand gets too close to your face, it starts vibrating. It so faces you. Mm. <laughs> What'd you say? I'm sorry. I said it tases you. It tases you. Yeah, yeah, it kind of tases you. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, it's like those little dog collars, right? You get outside the line, it's like, yeah, you get a little, you get a little something. Um, Cirque du Soleil filed for bankruptcy and laid off 3,500 workers because of the cancellation of shows because of the COVID-19. Um, they announced they're filing for bankruptcy protection. This world's most famous circus is what they say. Most famous circus troupe um, it seeks to restructure their debt to survive the pandemic. So again, they are not they're not closing down. They just filed for bankruptcy. Um, Los Angeles City Council. They did what? I said they got to get that paper. Hey, you know they got to yeah. do that. Uh, Los Angeles City Council voted uh, to cut $150 million from the LAPD's budget to reduce their staff by 2000 The City Council voted 12-2 to 2 on Wednesday to cut that department slash their hiring and overtime pay. Mm. And so, and the police are going to quit because they can't choke black people. It's an amazing story. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's wow. like, we can't choke them. We gone. Um, mm-hmm. Boston, Boston becomes second largest city in the U.S. to ban facial recognition software, citing concerns that the technolo- technology is racially discriminatory and threatens the basic basic rights. So um, they're saying it was voted unanimously by their city council um, that they cannot use facial uh, recognition software, and that is biased. Mm. Now again. Mm. I know we've done the story before. You know that cameras, even your cameras on your phone, can't distinguish black people's features as opposed to white folks' features. The the camera lens was designed for white folks. So if you want to go look wow. that up on YouTube, it's an interesting story. Kodak was the first company to actually have true color film because it's why people who took pictures back day, black people turned out so dark. But it wasn't mm. until... Kodak, and they, you know, did this on purpose. It wasn't until Kodak came out with true color that you was able, able to distinguish different hues of color. 
Um, and I think that was in the um, in the 80s that they had. But they knew that that was a problem. And now camera lenses have the same um, issue with um, color differentiation um, with black people. And, you know, interesting thing on how they used to test that is they tested it on wood. The difference between monogamy wow. and oak and all those other things. So Kodak was the first person, the first company to come out with something that had true, and it used to be called True Color. If you didn't, if you're young yeah. enough that you don't know what film is. Because <laughs> white folks, they used to have the red eyes, didn't they? When they took pictures. Oh yeah, they, yeah that still that still happened that you could get like red eye and, and all that other stuff. But the hue difference and the way cameras are made, even the cameras on your laptops and your phones, those are not color corrected. Uh, that's why when you use them to open up your keyboard or something or your, your computer, that some of the facial recognition stuff don't work. iPhones had a problem with that for a while, but they have not corrected the fact that the technology does not work with black people, so the software can't work with black people. So everybody's worried about the algorithms misidentifying black people because they always have. So I'm glad to see that people are recognizing that because that's always been a problem. If nobody ever seen that, it's always been a problem. Wow. Yeah. So okay. So I don't so, know if you guys. Jerome, call... I, got, I have a qu- I have a question. Yeah. I don't I don't mean to slow you down or anything, but I have a question. No, you're good. So can you tell can you tell me if this also has anything to do with why no matter what the lighting is in my house, when I'm doing a Zoom conference call, they can't see me. I'm the only yeah. one that they can't see. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's the, yes, it's the same thing. It's it's actually everybody's all bright light. Yep. The color correction okay. on lenses mm. when you use your computer or you use your phone, those pen needles on camera generally, they are not there are some cameras that actually are really good. But they didn't put those filters in. I honestly I think those a lot of the camera lens corrections happen during Oprah time. Oprah actually when they were doing the Oprah show, it was Oprah yeah. that um, vested in the technology. The companies were, she was looking a little ashy. And I guess they were like, okay, there's no makeup <laughs> they can use to kind of adjust her ashiness in it. And they actually started working on the lens. But I think that was during Oprah's um, showtime. Mm. So it wasn't until the 90s wow. that they actually started working on something like that. So it's not in all cameras. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's why that you can't get clear pictures of black people. And if, you, if they, you do, you have to have your lighting correctly and all that other stuff and can't move around. Because if you move around, that camera won't um, get clear definitions of the, if, you're, if you're black. That's right. Yep. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really miss me then, huh? <laughs> hey, hey, I ain't doing no camera no time soon, but it misses all of us. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, uh, for, for those of us who, who, who've done television and stuff, that's the, the thing that you always think about when you, when, just before they start the cameras up. You're like, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> How am I looking? Um, so if, if you haven't seen, you know, last week, see that simulcast, the BET uh, Awards, right? Yes. Yeah. was joined by Nas, The Roots, YZ, um, or YG uh, to perform Fight the Power, right? So they kicked off the show with Fight the Power, and if you don't know, it's 
Cubs are going to be Chucky, Flavor Flav, DJ Lord. I don't know if S1W's or Professor Griff was there, but um, they it was a really good like version of Fight the Power. And they started mm-hmm. off kind of overlooking it like the video normally starts for um, the song, by the way, which was created for Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Um, the verses in the right. new yep. version yeah, pertain to the Black Lives Matter movement and the protest right. over um, um, George um, Floyd's death, Breonna Taylor, Richard Brooks, and other black victims killed by the police. And I would like to add Johnny Gammage as well. Um, Chuck D kicked off the performance before Nas jumped in on the first verse, and then Rhapsody, she came in and did um, did a verse, and then um, someone from Public Enemy Radio, and then Black Thought from The Roots came in with Quest Love. So, you know, okay. it, it was, yeah, you get a chance to see that. It was a good version. And yeah, well even Nas, yeah, even Nas's version in talking about, you know, France and, uh, and talking about the freedom of Haiti, where he said he had nothing against the French, but, you know, he shouted out Toussaint, and um, uh, I can't even think of the guy's name, John Jock um, Dijelin, uh, or I think it's his name. Anyway, I always forget his name, but um, they did a great job on that. All right, now, music and media mogul Ice Cube called out CNN's Jake Taffer, Taper, is that how you pronounce the name? I can't remember. Um, he criticized Minister Farrakhan. He said the minister was, okay, so the minister was supposed to broadcast on the 4th of July on Fox Soul Network, which is a streaming service. So hmm. Jake Tapper calls him under, you know, Jake Tapper's on CNN. So um, Honorable Minister um, had a message to America um, on a special 4th of July program that the network dropped, that Fox Soul, the streaming network, it wasn't even on TV, that they dropped. Um, and all they do is they offer four hours of streaming programming a day for black people. So Jay Tapper comes out, and Ice Cube tweeted and told um, Tapper to watch his mouth when he talked about the minister. Mm. So everybody thought, you know, Ice Cube was like kind of like uh, going to take the back burner. But Ice Cube Fox Soul, which was launched in January as an effort to reach the African American audience, and it only offered four hours of streaming service. And um, they wanted to stop Mr. Faircons from seeking. Although they didn't, because I watched his message yesterday. I can't tell you about it. I didn't prep Kathleen. I know Kathleen saw it, so. I'm not gonna have yes, to minister. It, uh, it was, it was pretty what? awesome. One, it was it was really pretty awesome. One of the things that he said, of course, I mean, you know, he talked about the virus. He talked yes. about, um, and maybe next week I can uh, quote the that where it really talked about 400 years of. Um, it's not talking about slavery, right? But it's talking about people going into a foreign land and being oppressed basically for 400 years. But anyway, um, he talked a lot about the state of America, of course, and um, what we're doing to Cuba. And he also talked significantly about the vaccine and said, listen, don't 
do not just accept all willy-nilly of vaccine when it comes out unless it's free because he took us back into history and talked about why African why black people, African Americans, do not trust vaccine and the medical system here because we've mm-hmm. been so abused by it over the years. And if you don't know the Tuskegee experiment and the, you know, having looked at uh, how black women were operated on without anesthesia or all kinds of other things that happened to us in pregnancy and so forth. And right now today, how there are such great disparities in healthcare, um, you know, for various reasons that really boil down to us being black and not being treated equally in even in hospitals and in healthcare. But he talked about that as well. He talked about the nation um, having uh, some very good scientists who are also going to look into vaccines and also evaluate vaccines that come out to say whether or not those vaccines for this coronavirus are safe. Then finally, I'll just mention that he also said that we would not hear from him again for a while. And he is, you know, he is having some issues with his health as well. Um, He said that he believes he had been poisoned essentially by the radiation therapy that he had to take for the cancer that he was treated for. Mm. Um, But he said we wouldn't hear from him again for a while. So you might be able to listen to uh, his talk on NOI, nationofislam.org, NOI.org. And if you go there, you just look for the minister's uh, 4th of July uh, speech. And I, and that's where I listened to it. And I'm glad I'm glad you went into the story. I probably skimmed it a little bit because it does need to be talked about. He did talk about using alpha interferon as a treatment for COVID. That is also a good treatment when it comes down to um, 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 HIV and AIDS and some other stuff. It works really well yeah. on black folks. He talked about the fact that Cubans have worked with the Chinese to develop what they're using for COVID and Cuba is not having the problem that we are having. So he's making the case that we need to reach out and tell the government to allow black people to get their medicine for Cuba because there's no reason for us to trust the medicine comes from the United States. They don't have a good track record. So I'm glad you, you went into depth on that because we really need to know that, um, you know, that uh, a vaccine is not a cure, people. But everybody's going to do what they want to do, but that should be an option. And while we're talking about corrective measures and, you know, non-reparation stuff, black people should be able to choose how we get our medical care. And so he made a really good point on that. All right. Now, yeah, yeah. so I, I'm, gl- I'm glad you, you went into that. But if you want to see that, org is where you can watch that. Now, Facebook. Yeah you know, had their um, go global, um, they organized this boycott, this global stop hate for profit campaign that was, um, you know, started out by, you know, NAACP and a couple of other organizations. Now that boycott has um, expanded more than 800 brands, including Coca-Cola, Starbucks, and Lego. Like, first, when I first did this story last time, 
it was like 160 companies. Now it's 800. They tried making <laughs> worldwide. And Facebook, um, according to Bloomberg, is predicting is predicting that it will cost Facebook $250 million of its $77 billion in annual sales. However, with 98% of their revenue coming from ad sales, the company's share price has already plummeted in a week. And so wow. now Mark Zuckerberg wants to talk, right? So the Eric um, Johnson, the president of NAACP, said that Mark Zuckerberg was talking down to them, and he wouldn't actually deal with them when they were telling him, you know, you guys are promoting hate by using, you know, letting Trump speeches go unchecked. But when Mark Zuckerberg criticized Jack Dorsey for Twitter for labeling Trump's tweets, um, saying it wasn't up to social media companies to be the um, arbitrator of truth, then technically they ramped up this this boycott of, of Facebook. So now they're trying to label, I guess, um, Trump stuff as being, you know, not true and all this other stuff. But Zuckerberg did not want to do that. And also Zuckerberg or Facebook is giving a lot of money to the Trump campaign as well. Yeah. Yep. They have been. Yep. Oh, you know, so I, I want to make sure I get the story. I don't know if you guys saw that the Hampton Inn employee um, who stopped the black, who, who went up to the black family where the uh, two kids were swing and went to the mother and um, asked her, you know, to prove that she was actually um, at a hotel. And she showed her a room key. Yeah. And they said, well, yeah. show us your ID and tell us what room you're in. And she said, I ain't telling y'all nothing. So the woman called the police. The police came. Oh, my God. She said, I'm not showing you nothing. I'm here with my kids. And they're in the pool. And when the white kids were here, you ain't say nothing to them. So nope, they said, they oh, didn't. she fixed her car. So the police went over and ran her license plate just to get her name. And she said, yep. you can do what you want to. I'm not telling you nothing. So how that story in, ended was Hampton, the Hampton Inn employee has been fired. Um, this is in Williamson, uh, Williamson um, North Carolina. So Hampton by Hilton has Lord been fired. Lord have mercy. What's that? That's a Lord have mercy. Yeah. Hampton by Hilton has a zero tolerance for racism or discrimination of any, any kind. It's what the company spokesman said. On Saturday, we were alerted um, to an online video of a guest incident at one of our franchise properties, is what the global head of Hampton by Hilton said in a statement to USA Today. The team member no longer is employed at the hotel after the person refused to identify herself, saying she wasn't required because she didn't commit a crime to the officers. After they ran her license in her car that's parked at the hotel, which she was legally supposed to be at, um, Hampton N, or I'm sorry, Hampton by Hilton, the, the company that owns Hampton, issued apologize, uh, an apology directly to the guests and her family for the experience and will work with them and the hotel to make this right, is what they said. Hopefully, she takes mm. their butt to the cleaners. That's all I want to say. I, I yeah, hope they good. give her the franchise. They need exactly. to take mm-hmm. it from the person who owns the franchise now and give it to her family. Yep. That's yes, what, yes, that's I exactly said. what they need to do. <laughs> Now, an Alabama wow. mayor resigned after writing um, those 
put Black Lives yeah. He kissed my butt. I mean, he didn't yeah, say butt. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. their mayor, um, a Carbon Hill, Hill mayor, Mark Chambers, submitted his resignation letter on Saturday. And the motion has been approved by the city council. Uh, <laughs> and it should have. It should have. Know, you should be out of there. That was dumb. That was dumb. Yeah, I should have named this segment in white folks' news. All right, Mississippi <laughs> State House passed a bill to remove their Confederate flag. Um, the um, They're going to take down It's been um, – it has remained there since 1894. The lawmakers with a 94 – I'm sorry, 91 to 23 um, votes um, passed to change it last last Sunday, so they took it down. Wow. So, wow. Again, yeah, you never see all this stuff happens in one shot, right? So Michigan passed laws to make it illegal for companies to force employees to be implanted by microchips, with microchips. <laughs> so... They said these have been used to unlock workstations and open doors and pay for snacks. So a new bill passed by the Michigan House of Representatives would make it illegal for companies to force workers to be implanted microchips for chat tracking. See, that's why black people don't like messing with y'all. <laughs> we don't like vaccines, mm-hmm. we ain't getting no chips. Yeah. And wow. not at all. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just saying. Now, uh, a Beverly Hills surgeon and his girlfriend and four others were dubbed real-life Frankensteins after they charged $52 million in insurance fraud schemes, and they paid patients to undergo unnecessary sur- surgeries and drug tests. Wow. So, oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah, so California, uh, they, they said they were accused of paying vulnerable patients from California's sober living homes to take part in unnecessary medical procedures. Again, why we don't like to take vaccines. Because this is happening. We act like we don't see the stories, mm. right? Mm. Okay. Now, um... Wow. Jerome, yes, real, sir. real quick, did you, ever, did you see the story of the, the guy, I think his name is uh, Mike Kira uh, Marker. He chose uh, Howard over UCLA. Yeah. yeah. He's a five-star, five-star college basketball recruit. I hope this is a trend that starts and it just don't stop, man. I yeah. really do. So, so he was recruited um, UCLA, Kentucky, some of the biggest schools in the country chose him uh, or, or was recruiting him, and he chose Howard University, HBCU, to go to. Hopefully, and, and to my thought, hopefully it will start a trend. Because mm-hmm. can you imagine Howard playing in the Alaskan shootout or the Maui Classic, they'll start getting revenue from those who's traveling, playing some of the big schools. Exactly. So even if television yes. revenue will kick, I know what's going to happen. White kids are going to want to go to Howard. <laughs> I ain't saying they don't go already. <laughs> but I've seen this You're movie. right. You're right. Yeah. If You're all right. the cool, is this the cool black kids over there, they'll be like, mm-hmm. You know, Becky wants to go to Spelman. You're like, oh, here we go, right? Here we go. <laughs> we know where this is going. So yeah, shout uh-huh. out to that young man for for and, and you know this is and you know you guys mentioned LeBron James earlier, but um, this is in the um, vein of how LeBron James moves. 
I don't know if you guys seen the um, there was a profile on LeBron James and his um, four friends and um, how he came out of high school and set a path and he's letting nobody throw him off the path. They're making movies now. They have a, an agency or, or, or an, an agent. Um, mm-hmm. What do you call it? Sports agent agency and some other mm-hmm. things that they are moving on. And these guys went to high school, did not go to college. And they're all, well, after the fact, um, I had a friend Maverick went to college, the guy who's handling the movie aspect, movie intelligence deal stuff. But um, LeBron actually said, y'all can do what y'all want to, and he funded them going back to school um, and to learn what they need to learn. So even mm-hmm. the sports agent side, um, his other friend, I forgot his name, um, he got him a job at Nike and said, hey, you want to learn the business? Go learn it. And now they're starting their own businesses. So shout I out love to those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, 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 and we'll, oh, I'm sorry. I'll do that. It's um, LeBron and, and, and Matt Carter uh, from Spring Hill um, Entertainment signed an overall deal with ABC Studios. Um, they had a deal with Warner Brothers, and the deal was set for two years. $100 million was what they raised from investors and, um, to launch this new media empire. Now, if you don't know, they have more than a game documentary. The first television project was the Stars show Survivor, Survivor's Remorse. And they have um, launched several projects, including the Netflix self-made inspired life of Madam C.J. Walker and Tom Top Boy. And they're doing a movie with Adam Sandler. So hmm. shout out to LeBron for, um, again, for putting it down. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I just, just wanted to make sure I, I, I do need that. A, I need a part in one of those movies. Anybody got any connections? Um, <laughs> I wish no. I did. I have no. I, don't, I have no. I have Black you know, Lives Matter. I have, I have no LeBron, <laughs> LeBron James connection, but uh, we might be, we might be able to get you in a spike spike joint. But I don't know about LeBron. <laughs> I don't know Spike. But I'm just, there's other, there's other people out there, so we might be able to get something done. Now, you know. All right, thank um, you. Yeah, there was not. Oh, matter of fact, how, how would you like some voiceover work there, Kathleen? Yes, you absolutely. Know, now, in the third exit of a white voice actor um, from a role of a black cat character, um, there was the third one this week. Family Guys, Mike Henry, will no longer play Cleveland Brown. Now, Henry announced the news on Twitter, saying it's been an honor to play Cleveland on Family Guy for 20 years. He said, I love wow. the character, but a person of color should play a character of color. So, therefore, I'm stepping down from the role. Mm. Now, his, his exit follows on Jenny Slade for leaving Big Mouth. I don't know that cartoon. And Kristen Bell, she, um, she left a different role on Central Park. But they were actually voicing black characters in this climate, they're saying, why don't you let black people voice black characters? Mm-hmm. Again, the world is a little changing a little bit. And I say a little bit when I say that. Alright. So, the world right. gets fingers I won't say data. what I'm thinking. Jerome, can you, can, can somebody say what I'm thinking? 
Can somebody just say what I'm thinking? It's about damn it's, time. It's, 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 <laughs> thank you. That's one. The other one is in the final season where they got like three shows left. I'm sorry. Right. Right. They're like, you can have a black person on the last one. That sure doesn't indicate faith. Pass out. Sorry. Just throw that last comment. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I got. I got a. Uh, okay. I I can do. I got two more stories. But well, I got more stories. But I'll I'll do uh, two more stories. Um, on this case, I know I want to get Jay up out of here. Jay, you still here? Mm-hmm. Okay. I am in the place okay. to be. Okay, cool. All right, I, I bet you cut out on it. Now, because this story, uh, well, we'll do an environment one. You know, beekeepers in, in the U.S. lost 22% of their honeybees, uh, their honeybee colonies during the winter. So um, researchers hope that the massive bee population declines in both of the um, U.S. and the world may be slowing. So we're getting the honeybees back. You know, they're real sensitive to the environment. So when we start losing honeybees, we know we're going to have some food problems. But actually, they're slowly reversing a little bit. So hopefully that means good news for our food supply. But the story that I want to talk about is there's a yeah, great mother. pollination. Yeah, yeah, we need that for our food, the pollination. Um, well, before I get to the grandmother story, you know, a sharp increase in men um, suffering erectile dysfunction is the blame for the increase of alcohol consumption during the coronavirus lockdown. That's what the U.K. is saying. So I don't know what's going on over there, but they're saying that there's a 13% demand on erectile dysfunction um, um, (laughs) since May, but they said they're not getting it, that there's more alcohol and stress-related symptoms during the lockdown. I know. I don't know if I laugh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I should laugh or cry. It's like, what? I don't really understand. Some people are drinking more? Their erectile dysfunction? I don't know. Hey, that that is something. See, we're in overtime, so I can do that story, but I, I was hesitant early on. Now, mm-hmm. a grandmother who's 94. The alcohol might have something to do with the erectile. Jay always says that's this, what I'm thinking. medical question. So the alcohol may thinking, have something to drink. do with the erectile dysfunction, right? <laughs> So That's if they stop drinking drink, so, so much, right? If they stop drinking so much, maybe they wouldn't have a problem with having an erection, right? But if that oh, wow. doesn't help, I can pray for them. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, we should pray for them. Um, we so, send prayers and blessings out to the reproductive <laughs> systems of the people in the UK in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you very much. And you're laughing, but I'm, you know, but I'm sure those men in Europe are very happy that I just I'm sure they're for not them, laughing. So let's just keep it. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm sure they're not is that laughing. that nervous chatter? <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> All right. So a grandmother who's 94 went missing from her village. This is in India. Um, she was missing for 40 years and living with a family. What? Listen to this. They said that she was wandering the highway. She vanished in 1979 after leaving her home in western India. Um, she was found by a truck driver who took her home for 40 years, and eventually huh? her village was found. Now, okay. Okay. Now, uh, now eventually her village was found, or eventually, 
eventually her village was found or eventually the village found her? <laughs> it just says eventually her village was found, meaning that she couldn't find her village, right? Now, oh. get that. Now, you know, you know India has a really bad caste system they don't like to talk about. You know, they don't like dark skin. I was hearing and say, I know, I, I, I was hearing say, I know she's black. I know she's, I know she's hey, black. Hey, Go ahead. I play black or white on that. Was, her grand, was that grandmother black or white? We know yeah. what this is. How do you keep yeah. somebody for 40 years is the, is the question. And the truck driver's name was Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Not identified, but I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Which, wow. <laughs> Because he was like, look what I found. That's the grandmama. <laughs> I <laughs> must be mine. I just got a grandma. Just got a grandma. All right. So, wow. so there, there you go. I, I didn't want to uh, end, end on a bad note. I know this on Jay. Or, or I can end on black or white. I mean, I could do that. If anybody's down. Let's end on black or white. Let's end on black or white. Letting them black white, okay. Since Jay's not talking, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I'm not on the board. I, I didn't know black white a long time ago. Uh, okay. So here's the problem. Here's, 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 Don't worry about it. <laughs> here's how we go play black or white today. Okay, so I'm going to be very careful. You guys are going to tell me if the guy. Uh, if this guy is black or white, so a man 32 is arrested for shooting two police officers during the traffic stop after being hit with a taser and pepper spray. Now, even though he was shot early, he shot them during the scuffle, he was taken in to police custody after manhunt. Elias, was he black or white? Oh, you're, you're, I know Vanessa. Okay, Vanessa. Okay. He's white. So, he's, white. he's white. He's white. He's white. He's white. He'd have been dead if he was black. <laughs> he was hit with a taser and pepper spray. And um, mm. after he shot two officers, uh, Vanessa, is, he, is that guy black or white? He's white, and they took him by McDonald's on the way to jail. <laughs> <laughs> No, you didn't. And then they stopped by the mall and got him some new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> wear that. A new shirt. Kathleen. Hold on. Kathleen, what would be your guess? Is he black or white? Okay, you said they shot him. They shot him or they tased him or something. Okay, they, again? they tased him and then they hit him with pre- pepper spray. Like during the traffic stop. So, so after they stopped him, then they sprayed him with pepper spray, and he started fighting them, and they tried to tase him. And then he shot both officers. Okay. Were the officers black? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, the officers. You know what? That would have been a switch. That, would've, yeah. that probably would have gutted. Yeah. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure the officers. Black, but I don't think so. I'll have to go look it up again. I have it in front of me, so I'll look them up. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm just gonna say I you know I, I know everybody's saying that he's probably white, he's probably white, but I'm gonna say he's black. Okay, you gonna go with black? Well, I'm gonna go with black. You know why? 
Why? You know why? Because why? they tried they they tried to tase them, they tried to shoot them, they tried to be and they couldn't take the brothers back. <laughs> you know what? You still wouldn't hear it. Okay. They take him down. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Jay, Jay, you're up. Fade the picture again. They tased him, pepper sprayed him. He shot two officers, and they took him into custody. Is the guy black or white? Uh, he's uh white. Okay. Let me let me let me give you a help. Give you a little help. His name was David Anthony Ware. Is he black Uh-oh. or white? He's black. He's black. <laughs> you can go with both of <laughs> Okay, I'm going to tell you both of this. Because here's, here's what she gave it away. Whenever they say three names, they're definitely not black. So that dude was white. Mm-hmm. That's white, <laughs> Yeah, they never call mm-hmm. black white three names. Never. And it, helped it, and it happened in Tulsa. See, oh, I knew it would have yeah. wait if I would have told you with the police department because they just killed some black guy for not even having a weapon. That happened right. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah, probably Green. Probably Greenwood. Yeah, well, I was right the first time. You just tricked me into yeah. giving yeah. you the wrong answer. Hey, what color so was I was right. What color was the person? He was. He was white. white. He was white. white. He was white. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah three things. I, I know what they did. We, we call black people by, I shouldn't say this aloud, but if somebody calls you by your middle name, black people, we just call them by their middle name. We do not get no, their free name. No, the brother that plays for uh, Minnesota, what is that, Carl Anthony Towns? See, they call him by all his names. Yeah, you know why? Because um, Anthony is his last name, isn't it? I think it's his last I don't name. Know. I think he's using his. Um, a hyphenated name or something? Okay, maybe. Yeah, but if they called him Anthony, they'd just call him Anthony. They would, we don't do that. We will call you by your first name and your name. Yeah, uh, wow. Well, I, I Yeah, he, he lost that. his mother to the coronavirus, man. Yeah, wow. he sure did. Yep. What now? Sure That's did. sad. He lost his mother to the Who? coronavirus. Who's that? Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. Oh wow! Yep. It was early on. Yep. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Condolences yep. to the family. Yeah, most definitely. See, I tried, I tried to bring the show up, and y'all brought it back. Now. I was okay, just going to say, now Mr. Elias just brought down the black away. <laughs> well, I tried to get hey. a little lift over there to make it interesting. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, so I have a coronavirus no, black away. I'm sorry. No, no, here you go. I'll give a coronavirus black away. Now, a Texas man White. paid paid $199 for a corona test, but a woman paid $6,408 for a corona test. Was that woman black or white? Oh, <laughs> The man paid a hundred and ninety nine dollars and the woman paid six thousand four hundred and eight dollars. Okay, so who the who white. which one are we asking about? We're asking the man about or woman. woman. She's white. <laughs> about, we're asking white about woman. White. What what's her name? Aunt Vicky, Aunt Laura, the one that paid to get her her kid into college? It's her. <laughs> 
to get in front of the class. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Sorry. I, will, I, will say, I will say this. Since they're both friends, they were both white, and um, yeah. one, I guess they're saying Austin, they were in Austin, so it was an emergency room, and they said that they tested her for Legionnaire's disease and herpes and all this other stuff. And um, despite having no symptoms, Damn. they billed her insurance $6,480. Wow. wow. Yeah. See, again, cannot trust the system. All right. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. <laughs> we'll go with that. I didn't, to, I didn't mean to go Excellent. on bad. bad. Excellent. Excellent, Daryl. Good stuff, man, as always. All right, folks, listen, uh, uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, Appreciate you, long-time listeners, continuing to listen. It's a good segment. It's a way to wind down after a good show. So let me go around the table here real quick and give people an opportunity to say goodbye. So, Vanessa, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah, I just went over there and was telling all of the Trumpsters bye, and they're like, bye, too bad y'all didn't come and talk to us, and blah, 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 and some of them we did. So anyway, I was telling them bye, to abuse caution, be careful, and, and I'm talking Bobby's like, Vanessa, they're leaving, and they can hear you. Okay, so I told them to be careful because the C-19 was real, and, I, you know, I told them about the lines was backed up, and do you know what the white people had to say to me? You sure that you're in a little paranoid because you can see all the people that are being tested? And were they not being tested from the protest? I said the protest was a month ago. These folks are being tested from the top rally. What are you talking about? Oh, they heard that. <laughs> Jennifer left me alone. So anyway, y'all have a good week. <laughs> okay. All right. Everything all right, yeah, now. Oh, boy. Wow. All right, Kathleen. Uh, give us one of the chrome before we get everybody. out of here. All right, Have a good week, stuff. everybody. God bless you, and see you next week. God willing. Love you, Miss Kathleen. Love you too, Miss Vanessa. Uh, good night, John Boy. All right, Jerome. Uh, final thoughts, man. <laughs> Give me your final final words, here, bro. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a quick suggestion. Um, I from from the four panelists, and there's a reason why I'm leaving Vanessa out of this. The four of us. We got to make a pack to check on Vanessa every night. Nine o'clock. Somebody call Vanessa. I'm going home tomorrow. Look, I'm going home. Nine o'clock, Vanessa. That's my call. I'll be the first one. I got. I got. The pool to myself because they're leaving. Oh my God, that's a true statement. Nine o'clock. GPS on her trackers. Let them know where she is. All right, you got to drill. You got the first round. All right, Miss Elias, man, what you got, brother? Before we get out of here. Hey, everybody have a blessed week. Stay safe out there and wear your mask. All right. Hey, look, I'm just going to say uh, you guys have a wonderful week. And, uh, you know, you you people, I'm still disgusted by you folks. So, anyway, you know who you are. You continue to follow this idiot. You, this idiot, you're going to continue to put us all just in bad and harm's way. So, be safe. Take care. God bless. And uh, that's it for this week's edition of In uh, On a Need to Know Basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome. It's free. We'll see you back here next week, same time, same bat channel. Take care, guys. God bless. Bye. God bless. Bless you,